Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. was you know uh, I, I was trying to remember why like why did it strike me about face uh, myspace it was because um i read an article yesterday about remember shockwave the, the plugin the what the the plugin you know the adobe shockwave. oh yeah <laughs> i was trying to think of like a superhero or something i was like what <laughs> yeah you know it's like not Soundwave, ravage ejack <laughs> No, but uh, Shockwave, it was, uh, at first I thought, like, you know, I saw Shockwave uh, support. It was kind of like a competitor to Flash. Right, it was the predecessor to Flash, but it was like Shockwave ending. I'm like, what? Transformers are going to get rid of Shockwave? Like, that was the first thing that I thought of. Yeah, and then I read it, I was like, oh. I want to eject from this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm transform out of this bitch. Um, Yeah. But it was uh, Adobe ending support for Shockwave. And I'm like, that's still a thing? I like, didn't even know it was still around. I didn't know either. Like, I was, It must have just been around for legacy purposes for certain things. Yeah, because it was... Probably old-ass fucking POSs <laughs> and shit. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I was reading that and I was like going, oh my god, I totally forgot about Shockwave. The only thing that I remember, that makes me remember Shockwave is fucking Limp Biscuit. Because they used it in one of the, you know, downloading the Shockwave... <laughs> I do remember that. They dated that fucking song. I know. Someone nowadays is going to watch it and listen to that and go, they're what? <laughs> what, the downloading a Transformer? I don't understand. I don't. <laughs> do you think if two Transformers are in an argument, one of them goes, you better transform that fucking tone? <laughs> Just thought of that. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, I could yeah. see that. <laughs> better transform that fucking tone. Exactly. Shit. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right. So, um, happy late St. Patrick's Day. That's right. Um, except for Adam, who I think it's, what, a, a month-long uh, celebration? is. No. <laughs> it's a day. <laughs> um, what you do? We had corned beef cabbage. We had a little traditional with it. 
um, because, but my wife did buy a lot of Irish stuff because it's all on sale. So she bought <laughs> she bought it for like throughout the week. Like we got a pork shoulder. Traditional and, like, Irish uh, tradition there, right? It was on right. sale, so I bought it's it. It's on sale, so I bought it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I am sipping a uh, Guinness. Yeah, you understand. Um, oh, that was the one from yesterday. Uh, so we had that. We um, it was it was just the family that lives here who's still still a party, but we didn't have anybody over. People were over, but they weren't over for think. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Like my niece came over, and I think she was dropping something off for my wife. They were being shady. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> um, but we definitely had a good meal. Um, the only thing is, is my wife was like, okay, well we have an instapot now. Let's cook the corned beef in the instapot. And I go, well. I think that might not be a good idea. And she's like, why? I said, because it's salt brined. That's what corned beef means. Um, and part of the cooking process when you boil it in a big pot of water is it calms that salt taste. And she's like, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was some pretty fucking salty corned beef. Like it was okay. It, it wasn't bad. Like, Can I you, have some corned beef with my salt? <laughs> right. You ate it slowly and you had that water with you. You know, it's like, okay. Um, and the, di- and, the, and the diabetes medication. <laughs> right. Definitely had a good time. But then, of course, you know, my wife wanted me to explain who St. Patrick was at the dinner table because she's more of a religious person. How does she and not know who St. Patrick Stewart? <laughs> stupid. <laughs> that was disrespectful. <laughs> um, so I told her, I go, so yeah, basically St. Patrick is a patron saint in Ireland and he brought Christianity to Ireland. He was actually English, ironically, um, and he brought, you know, Christianity over there. And she goes, well, "What were they before?" I'm like, "They were just pagans, druids, and stuff." She goes, "So heathens?" And I go, "Okay." Uh, and she's, she was just kidding, but I was like, "You better calm that fucking tone, transform that tone." Um, but it was it was a good time. I mean, we had we had a. I I like that holiday because it's about me. Okay. <laughs> It's like having a second birthday. Everybody acts like I'm a fucking second coming that day <laughs> around here, you know, as they should. Right. <laughs> I mean, we had, you know, tradi- we, we, we celebrated it here, you know, with some traditional, traditional Irish dishes, you know, lasagna, enchiladas. We had some, some fajitas. I hit him um, up yesterday. <laughs> this piece of shit. <laughs> And I had to move the the reason why we're a day late. So I had to record. Are they gonna know we're a day late? Yeah, they'll know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the reason why we're a day late is because these festivities were kind of a surprise to me. My wife also said, "Apologize to the listeners, but not to Steve." So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I, I was like, "Oh shit! Do you think we can move it?" And you know, Steve was accommodating, kind of. But he, I said, I said, "You eating anything special for today?" And he goes, yeah, Ita-. he said fucking like spaghetti because it was Italian the Irish. Yeah. I was like, you fucking piece of shit. It came so quick that I was like, I clutched my pearls. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was Italian because fuck the Irish. Uh, nothing against Italian food. Italian food. Because we definitely eat that at the house too. I mean, we're American. Fuck. Right, exactly. But good old wholesome American Italian food. That's right. And then and then today um, I was driving home uh, with my friend 
who is also Mexican. This is a trend with my friends. Most of them are Hispanic. I mean, They're it's part the of the invasion. That's really it's, <laughs> a, it's the Southwest. If you can't beat them, join them. It really, it really is. I mean, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Um, so he goes. I go, yeah, man. Um, the holiday yesterday, and he goes, what holiday? And I go, St. Patrick's Day. He goes. It's not a fucking holiday, bro. I go, yes, it is. And he's like, nobody gives a fuck. And I got loud. I don't know. I was like, it's a fucking holiday. I was like, you better watch your fucking ma-. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's as much of a holiday as Cinco de Mayo is. You know? That's what he said. And I go, it's a, it's a fucking holiday to me. Shut the fuck up. God shined his divine wisdom on the Irish. <laughs> You better fucking thank your lucky stuff. And then I started going in, into how, um, you know, when the Dark Ages was going on, the monks, Christian monks in Ireland were fucking collecting books because everybody was burning them because they were all losing their fucking minds. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> He's like, what are you even talking about? I was like, I have a book on it. <laughs> I do. It's called How Irish Save Civilization. <laughs> I haven't read it. I skimmed it. And Guinness was so formed. I'm an expert. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh man! So you know uh, that wasn't also that wasn't the only big thing you did this week. <laughs> no, and honestly, it's to me, it's not as big of a deal as it would have been maybe a year or so back. Um, but I, I did close my Facebook account. So the, the original plan. And I'm. Tr- I really don't want this to be like, guys. I'm. I'm elevated because I closed my Facebook. It's not what it is. Um, oh. It's like I'm. I'm enlightened because I closed my Facebook. I still got Twitter, motherfucker. You know, we out here doing stupid shit. Um, but I haven't been really using my Facebook account I, at all. I. I think I had like a hundred and something friends. I followed seven. You know, I, I didn't care what anyone was doing. If you've listened um, to the show for a while, you you we've talked about this before. Yeah, like it's just it, and with the and you know not to not to put a negative note, but with the um the recent shooting in New Zealand, um and of course my you know and I'm sure Steve says the same condolences go out to that you know fucking bullshit that goes on nonsense is what I call it. But anyway, I don't want to fucking you know. Right. I think it's it's pretty obvious how we feel about <laughs> a fucking mass shooting. You know, it's bullshit. Oh, oh I will say this, though. Uh, we were talking about it at work right when it happened. And there's always that asshole, <laughs> you know. And I was and, – and usually when I'm talking, you know, you can't beat the Irish out of somebody or the Catholic out of fucking somebody because <laughs> I talk more quiet when I'm talking about death. Like and I don't like talking bad about dead people and all that stuff like that. Uh, there's no one to talk bad about in this situation, but still. I don't even well, know if the shooter got caught or he killed yeah, himself. No, he got caught. He got oh, caught good. because he got caught because some dude fucking um, took him out of the uh, out of the second uh, mosque, and um, they, they dragged him out. Well, he he saw what was going on and he started shouting at the guy, and then the he turned towards him, confused and like uh, he threw he threw a fucking handheld credit card swiper at him. At the shooter to like that's the G shit, and uh, the guy here's your change, <laughs> and uh, it's a fucking 80s action movie right there, oh you know. It'd be still alone in the uh, in the guy. I, I honestly like, I haven't, I guess we're gonna talk about it a little bit. I haven't um looked into it because stuff like that honestly makes me sad, you know. Yeah. Like, I, 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 when I was younger, it was easier, and I think it's like this with most people, it was easier for me to shrug it off, like, oh, that sucks. 
But then you get older, especially I've had some kids, you know, stuff like that. You're kind of like, fuck, man. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, like, let's like, knock know, it off. It's like it's a place of worship, you know. Right. And it's I don't like, care what religion it is, yeah, you know. It's like, you know, it's like, you're, yeah, you're a, you're a, you know, you're a big guy because you shoot at unarmed men, women, and children. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, hunt, guy. to me, it's like hunting. Like, oh, yeah, you're a big guy because you go and shoot animals that are just living their life. Like, arm, arm the, uh, uh, you know, arm the animals. Then that's a game. You yeah. know? <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> but, there's two kinds of hunters, Steve. <laughs> there's the hunters that go out there and fucking shoot an animal, pose with it for a selfie and walk away. Right. Those people should be shot. And then there's the ones that are working the population control and doing it. Whatever. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but, so uh, anyway. But yeah. Um, we, were t- we were talking about that at work. And then there's that, always that one asshole. And he goes um, – he goes, I, yeah, but wasn't that like in fucking New Zealand or something? And I, I turn to him and I go, so we shouldn't give a fuck because it's in a different country. Yeah. I go, you're why people don't like us. It's that kind of fucking attitude that makes people outside of this country think we're all fucking Neanderthal morons. Yeah. No offense to Neanderthal. <laughs> but <laughs> I just like to say no offense to things. <laughs> you know, and I've, I listen to um, – I listen to a lot of stuff in Europe, you know, podcasts, a lot of British stuff, you know. I feel they just – I don't know. I, I like the humor and stuff like that. But they'll say like they're nice about it, but they're like, I don't know what they're doing over there. You yeah. know, <laughs> like it's embarrassing, man. You know, so I fucking checked his ass. But what, what was I originally talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when the whole Facebook allowed uh, the shooter to stream that for like – what was it like 40 minutes or something? Uh, it was, no, it was less than that, but yeah. Um, it was kind of the last straw for me. And, you know, Steve definitely gave me a dose of reality and was like, well, there's really no way for them to stop it. If they, if they go into it fast enough, that's definitely true. But it, it, it put it, it put Facebook firmly in the category of toxic for me because it's always been that way lately. Like it's, it's a, you have people that are on soapboxes who don't know shit. You, the, the anti-vaxxers are on Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook acting foolish and nobody gets checked because I think the problem is – and, and I, I, I am on Twitter and I, I'm, I'm definitely using Twitter a lot more and enjoying it. It's finally clicking with me because I think there's more checks and balances. You're more accountable on Twitter because anyone can see what you're saying because everyone's hashtagging shit. Yeah. You know, so if you're like – vaccinations are fucking trash hashtag anti-vaxxer life or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck they put anyone can see that and go you're a fucking idiot you know and that's how the world should be facebook is not that everyone's in a walled garden in facebook oh yeah you know they're all like i'm only gonna friend and that's especially lately with this new fucking you don't believe the way i believe so i'm just gonna block you from everything because fuck here and that right and i'm like that's not healthy but it's just not a good platform anymore it, it used to be. I remember when it first came out. Yeah. It was great. I was that. That was the longest I've ever been on a social media site. Was Facebook? I, I opened in two thousand nine, I think. And that's I think about. It, it's not even that fucking long, <laughs> you know. Oh, Ten years ago, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I had a the original plan, and it was a buddy of mine was like, "Well, why don't you just leave it open?" Because I downloaded my data. They have a setting in there where you can download all your data. And it's every post you've ever done, pictures, everything. You download the whole thing. It was like five gigs. All the pictures you didn't know that they took of you? 
Right. You know, all the <laughs> secret fucking webcam shots. Um, I, I downloaded that and then my buddy was like, well, why don't you just take all the info off of there and just leave your phone number. And then, so your friends know what you're talking about. So now be, I was like, yeah, it's a good idea. So I'm, I get to the, the section where it's to, to cancel it and it gives you two options. It says, do you want to delete your account or do you want to suspend your account? So I'm sitting there just tapping my mouse looking <laughs> and I go, you know, I'm the majority of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook. I'm not friends with. Right. It's people from high school that I haven't spoke to in over a fucking day, de- close to two decades. Now, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, like it's it's why do I ha- it kind of made me get in my feelings a little bit like, why do I have this insatiable like I don't want to miss something FOMO desire. Yeah, I had that desire with that. And then I realized that I make fun of people who have that. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this. And I just hit delete. I was like, clean slate. You know, fuck it. I said, why do I give a fuck about people who don't give a fuck about me? We've already moved on from each other. We're not friends. We don't know each other. Let's focus on the people that I'm cool with. Let's focus on the people actually in my life. Right. You know, so I, I closed uh, Facebook. Um, Twitter, I follow. The, the only personal friend I follow on Twitter is Steve. I'm going to be honest. The majority of my friends don't use Twitter. I think it's because they're all mostly gamers and they really could give a fuck about <laughs> what's going on in the world. Right. Um, Steve and I are more into politics and, and the goings on, you know, and Twitter's the perfect place for that. Um, and Twitter's not perfect either, but it's easier. I can see all the good and all the bad at once. And people are checking both sides. Right. And and that to me is all I need. Accountability and I'm fine. Like I'll see something like um, – not all not all heroes wear capes. Uh, Stephen Vargas over here <laughs> has been ch- ch- checking Trump <laughs> on some silly shit. I was like, bravo. <laughs> so he said some stupid shit, you know. Right. Um. So what what do I have? So I I I canceled Facebook and extension. I canceled. I closed my WhatsApp account. I deleted that as well because I feel like it's an extension of the same. Right. So the only two chat chats i use is um text (laughs) and uh discord i do use discord because all my friends are on that except for steve um steve and i text like old people um (laughs) i don't know if uh, if stamps weren't so expensive i'd write them a letter right (laughs) that makes sense um i'll catch on the news groups and shit you know um i don't know about instagram yet I'll hit you up an IRC. Because <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's kind of the same thing where I'm following people I don't really care about. You know, and I could just purge it and just follow people I do care about. Cosplayers. But and- no, like, I don't even follow those people <laughs> anymore. Like it became it became filth. Like I was following <laughs> fucking Instagram models and just dumb shit. I'm like, nah. Like, this is stupid now. Now I'm just using Instagram to be a fucking um a cum rag. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I don't know yet because that's also owned by Facebook. But it, this isn't a hate Facebook thing. It's just I don't, I don't like the company. Yeah. There's a lot of companies I don't like. <laughs> but fa- Facebook, I think right now is is public enemy number one when it comes to 
the general public and what we use to interact with the world. I think Facebook has Facebook's died a long time ago and they don't have the, they didn't get the message. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like we've moved on to different shit. Um so I don't know. And and I do plan to um probably download the Facebook uh pages app so I can post stuff on um the Lazy Geeks Facebook because I know it gets pop pop pops off over there sometimes. <laughs> but I kind of just want to focus on Twitter. I think Twitter's the best way to communicate with our fan base. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. And uh so it it you know and the one of the huge reasons why I still have both those accounts is because in order for us to have the fan page account, we have to have a main account. So right. the Fa- Lazy Geeks Facebook and Instagram page are all tied to my account. Um so you know. Yeah, Steve does Steve doesn't use Facebook either. Yeah. Steve's Messenger, you know. Yeah. It's pretty much what I do or if I see something cool and you know, I'll share it on mine just for exposure for the uh, Facebook page. So, but yeah. Um, so, one other thing that I saw this week, and it was, if you ever wondered what the Fresh Prince of Bel Air would look like if it happened today, okay. uh, then you need to see this trailer for Bel Air. Uh, it's a fan made trailer focused on if Will Smith's character had gone through all those things in 2019. It's dark, it's well acted, and it's beautifully shot. Um, fucking thing. I was like going, oh wow! I, it, it's kind of like I was like I kind of would like to see this. <laughs> it's funny too because it it follows the same story, but it has like an empire vibe to it. <laughs> it like does. it's more serious. You know what I mean? And um, I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was good. It was it was interesting too because you're seeing like the the stuff that happened in the show, and you're seeing like the real char- like how the characters would be now. You're kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah, that would totally work. Like you could totally. I did, see. I did get a little sad though when I saw uh, the actor that's playing Uncle Phil because it reminded me that Uncle Phil died, and yeah. I was like, oh. yeah, like, I, I was a little upset about that. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I had to say about that. It was just depressing. <laughs> yeah, because he had, uh, um, you had that, you had Viv, and you know, you had all um, fucking Carlton. You know, I was like, how are we related again? <laughs> uh, but yeah, my favorite was when he met Jazz. It is like ja- right. Jazz, and he holds up the records as Jazz on it. Um, I was like, that would actually be kind of cool. I really would like to see that. So, if you guys want to check this out, it's actually a really cool trailer. Um, about two minutes, two a little over two minutes. Um, the link's in the show notes, so you can go ahead or just look on look up Bel Air and uh, on YouTube, and uh, you can check that out. So. With all that being said, how about we hit up some short takes? Yes, sir. The first official Endgame trailer has been released by Marvel a little more than a month before the film's release. So much going on in that trailer. The Thanos snap occurs on April 26th, and it can't get here fast enough. Um, what's actually kind of funny about that trailer is about half of it is flashbacks from the other movies. Yeah. And and I think that might be telling, though, <laughs> of the time travel theory that a lot of people are having. Um, I, I honestly think that's spot on because there was – out of all the stones, there was a lot of focus on the time one. Right. 
And I think nothing is done by accident, right? So I I, th- I think the one fan theory I think is hilarious is uh, Tony Stark's left arm. And they've been showing it to us. Have you seen that video? Fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> it's all started in the first Iron Man movie. What's the first thing you see of an Avenger? It's Iron Man's fucking left hand. I'm like, can we calm down? They had no idea that Thanos was going to snap shit right. when they made Iron Man 1. <laughs> like, calm down. They And I would fucking love it if they tied it in. Just to be fucking crazy. But um, the... I really um, – I think the time travel is an obvious choice and because I think time travel and also the um, the subatomic – or the quantum realm because didn't didn't they say in the quantum realm time doesn't work the same way? Yeah, you know, and it's made me want to re- – because it's like uh, my brother was watching a fan theory about how um, uh, Scott will play in that whole thing in, in, in Endgame. They go and they mentioned that, and I was like, going, did they mention that? Like it started, like I'm having to say, I'm like, oh, well, it's on Netflix. I'll rewatch it, right, and, and make sure. But you know, he says he remembers it, which his memory, I'm not exactly always 100, percent you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in line with. But he might be right in this one, and in which case, you know, I'll. And they were saying that too, that you know, uh, they could use the quantum realm to go into it, and then the special suits that they're making. And he does have the um, the mini uh, quantum thing in that in the in the van, so yeah. it's you know and, and and all of them are wearing particular suits, you know. And uh, so I, although I, I, I thought, when did we go into Mass Effect when they were I wearing? Know, it does look. <laughs> I thought that straight on. <laughs> I I do think that um, definitely time travel. Yeah, and and there's been a lot of focus on um, Ant Man. Yeah, in the in the trailers, and there was an end credit scene. It wasn't the end credit scene from Infinity War? Yeah, and it was him showing up or something like oh, that. Oh no, no, no! His his he didn't have one yet. Um, in that, but it's in the it was in the sh- the teaser trailer for Endgame was right. The tag was hey, you remember me? Uh, but right. what's so interesting it, too all is all that little stuff is, is that's done on purpose. Yeah, but the thing know? too is that you know, you know, people are like, well, you know, uh. Uh, Steve Rogers loses the beard and, you know, he looks more the way he did in the original one. But then it's like, okay, but you see in a lot of other things during the thing where he's clean shaven. And I'm thinking maybe it's because he's no longer wanted, you know, he's no longer wanted, but you know, that's why he had the beard and stuff like that. But if you also notice later on, Black Widow goes from blonde to redhead again. Yeah. So we're start we're seeing... Have we gone back in time? Like we know with the, with the digital effects they have now, they can make all these people look younger, yeah. and most of them look the same anyway. Right. It's only been fucking what ten years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not like it's not like they're all fucking decrepit. You know, but it's um, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, and it's going to be. I really think it's going to be a visual fucking show because. Marvel really sh- has shown some really impressive um, technology when it comes to filming and stuff like that. And I think they're really going to go balls deep on this one. Well, it, it's, as one they of, should. it's one of those things where you're like, you know, um, Infinity War was such a visual spectacle. You know, it's like it was so sensory overload because you had this huge story handy being on three different realms. And then you had all, you know, all these characters and the, the, 
the moments that they gave. And it was just, it was one of those things where you're just like, wow, Marvel did it. And then you had Justice League around the same time. And you're kind of like, and they couldn't, you know, <laughs> and, but now you have, okay, the snap has happened. And in a lot of things, it's kind of like, where are they going to go from here? Because we know we don't have the Atom, you know, which was used in the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline. But we do yeah. have Captain Marvel. Well, that's the thing, though. We do have Adam Warlock. Technically, he exists in the universe. Yeah, but even, but Jan- even I don't James think Gunn. They, I agree with you because I don't think they gave him enough play for him to suddenly show up in Infinity War. <laughs> right, and that's Or the thing whatever is, the hell is, this is called, Endgame. James Gunn said when he originally did the character, he goes, that was mostly for him. For him to oh that's right because he loves that character he loves that character and it might come up in the third one like we might see in the third uh, Guardians movie but you know it 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 was that thing he goes it wasn't part of uh, a Marvel much like his maybe they're gonna go in back in time and they're gonna stop um they're gonna stop Gamora from being no they they won't stop that they'll stop um fucking Quinn from being the damn idiot. (laughs) <laughs> and they'll actually stop him because they were close. Yeah. But, you know, I don't blame them, but still. Right. But, the needs of the many, brother. <laughs> needs of the many. Uh, but I'm I'm waiting for, I can't wait for that to come out. I'm so hyped for that. So dope. So on to more depressing shit. <laughs> um, the problem with streaming services, especially ones owned by AT&T is that they hate their customers. <laughs> That's just fact. The struggling streaming <laughs> <laughs> The struggling streaming service will in will increase their prices uh, starting in April by $10. Also they reduce the amount of changes you get uh, while adding a premium channel. Uh, the first package DirecTV Now Plus will offer more than 40 channels including HBO for $50 per month. Um that's not bad. Was it used to be 40? Yeah, it used to be 40, and you got like, I think it was something like 50 channels. Oh, okay. The second uh, package, DirecTV Now Max, boasts more than 50 channels, also including HBO, for $70 per month. Um, you get 10 additional channels that probably blow. Uh, DirecTV <laughs> Now subscribers were alerted to the price hike on March 12th, and the ch- the charge, or I'm sorry, the change will take effect on April 12th, if you are a current subscriber, uh, you will keep your plan and pricing until you change it or cancel the service. Your, de- your grandfather didn't, so that's cool. Right. But you will change it eventually. Um, you will. <laughs> <laughs> then return to it. The real point of this story is if you have DirecTV now, you're doing life wrong. And that really is true. <laughs> well, because like, you know, people were saying like, oh, well, it might not be that big of a deal. And I'm like, well... For 55 bucks, you could have YouTube TV and add HBO, and there you go. And you get 60 channels right. from uh, YouTube TV. So um, do the math, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's um, cable and, and satellite in general are in a sad state right now, and they're, they're, I feel like they're just scrambling to try to find a way to make sense to the younger crowd, you know, because not even the younger crowd, just people who are a little bit more tech savvy and pay attention. Like, I don't have cable. Right. Like, it, there's no reason. We got cable again when we moved. But even my wife was like, why? Why do we have this? 
Yeah. It's expensive. You know, there's no point. Why don't we just get fucking the fastest internet with unlimited bandwidth and just go ha- ham ham hock on it? And we did. <laughs> Never been happier. <laughs> That's right. We do have some premium chat. My wife, um, I didn't know she did this, but um, we have Hulu, and she added the movie channels to it. Oh, really? I mean, I don't, I don't care. You know, but I, I didn't. Re- I was like, well, you could have told me. She's like, why? Well, I need your permission. I'm like, no, I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. <laughs> It's like yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to pirate this shit. <laughs> I can watch right. it. <laughs> the lazy geese do not condone or endorse uh, illegal downloads of any type. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm the lower the prices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fans of Esai Morales may be familiar with his work on Ozark for Netflix or Mozart in the Jungle for Amazon, but he will forever be known to me as Bob from the '80s classic La Bamba. Not my Richie. I don't know. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> but DC fans will get to see the actor play Slade Wilson in the upcoming second season of Titans, which is growing the cast by adding Superboy for the upcoming season. So Slade Wilson coming over to uh, Titans. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Let's see how spot on that costume will be. <laughs> Probably so, not, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's be interesting to see Slade Wilson end up in Detroit for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I still have to finish that show. I've been so into the other shows. Um, and I heard it does get better. But it was kind of weird, the first couple episodes. Yeah. Like, it was good. But they were trying too hard. Yeah. You know, so I, I heard, I've heard that calms down. And the story has been weird, to like, especially Starfire's story. I'm getting annoyed with her not knowing who she is. Let's move forward with it. <laughs> you know, it, like I'm starting to lose interest, but I need to power through it to get to the good shit. Um, can we talk about something fucking amazing now? Okay. <laughs> Halo, the Master Chief Collection, will arrive on Windows PCs. Let me say that one more time. Windows <laughs> PCs. Quote later this year. End quote. <laughs> According to the official Halo Waypoint site. Uh, and fans will be able to, or fans will be able to buy the collection either via Steam or the Windows Store. Anybody who's dealt with Windows 10's UWP woes will appreciate this rare example of Microsoft launching one of its first-party games on Steam at the same time as Windows Store, as opposed to delaying a Steam version for this few months. No PC gamer is buying it on the Windows Store. Right. <laughs> the only people who will do that maybe a parent for a kid. Right. I don't know no better. The game's listing um, confirms the PC that PC gamers can look forward to full mouse and, and keyboard control support, uh, along with support for resolutions up to 4K and an HDR toggle. Um, whether this version will also include the kinds of tweaks that hardcore PC gamers crave, including ultra-widescreen ratios, higher frame rates, and fully remappable controls remain to be seen. The highly, We highly doubt Microsoft will include official mod support, uh, beyond letting players use individual games built in Forge created. Yeah, I doubt it. Microsoft doesn't do that shit. Like, it, they, the first thing they did when they bought Minecraft was make a Windows official edition. Right. And you can buy mods from them. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't kill the Java edition. Um, if you've already... if. If you're ugh, if you've already <laughs> torn through the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One, either in its original buggy incarnation or its fixed better better late than never build, one perk still awaits the Halo Faithful. A port of Halo Reach will join the MCC on the day it launches on PC. 
For owners of the collection on Xbox One, they will also receive some of Halo Reach's content, meaning it's Halo 4 multiplayer maps and its theater option, which I'm excited about. Halo Reach was probably the best Halo game overall. Which is funny that that's never included on most things. Right. Not story-wise, or not not story-wise, but just mechanic-wise. Like, it was the best multiplayer one, in my opinion. Um you get that as a free update. Meanwhile, its campaign and firefight co-op modes will be sold as paid add-ons. Uh, whether Reach's PC and console launches will happen on the same day isn't clear. So I did also read something that's not in this bit. is um, They're releasing these in kind of chapters, so it's going to be game by game. You're not going to get all the games at once. So the first game to be released is going to be Reach, which I thought was an interesting choice. That is an interesting – well, maybe because uh, – I would have preferred chronological order. Yeah. Because there's a lot of young young shooters out there that haven't played these games. And the story is – I mean as any real motherfucking G <laughs> knows, the story is a cohesive story. This is a big deal to me because I'm not much of a shooter fan, but I fucking love Halo. Like it was, it was the first game I played on the original Xbox, which was the first console I ever bought for myself. Like it was a pack. It came with that and the original Halo, and I was fucking. It was the first thing I bought with my money, my first paycheck, motherfucker. All into it. So, you know, little trip down memory lane. <laughs> will I be buying this? Of course I will be. Of course. <laughs> um, and I hope Steve does too. Let's get it. Let's get it, motherfucker. <laughs> Teach these kids what's up. Um. Well, I got, well, oh yeah, because Microsoft does sharing because I have, because w- remember we both had bought the Xbox uh, and we got the Master Chief collection. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, oh, have, yeah, that. Have, yeah. Yeah, I'll have that on the, uh, I'll get that I on the PC too. I just want mouse and keyboard support. But yeah. here's another worry of mine too. When Halo 2 came out in the PC port, it was a really bad port when it comes to controls. So the, there was mouse and keyboard, of course, but you could tell they just kind of mapped the buttons to the mouse and keyboard because it was really floaty. Mm. It wasn't very – it was harder to play compared to other games that were on there. So I really hope they fix that and do, do it the proper way. Um, I don't know if they have a third party handling the port or if Microsoft themselves is handling the port. Microsoft has enough game studios. Maybe 343 is doing it. I don't know. There's so much I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need to find those answers. That's right. All right. In somewhat of breaking news, uh, it was revealed on Friday, Ezra Miller, who is set to play The Flash in his own solo movie, is reported to be writing the script with prolific writer Grant Morrison for the upcoming DC project. The film has been delayed countless times over creative differences. In the Hollywood Reporter piece, it seems that the biggest stumbling block is Miller himself. After the success of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and the early positive reviews of Shazam, uh, Shazam, uh, Warner Brothers is reportedly looking for something lighter and more fun. And it seems that Miller wants the script to be darker, similar to Zack Snyder's previous two installments. However, it may be the last grasp for Miller as the project's star. He has a holding contract for the character, which expires this May, meaning if they don't, get, they don't agree on a script or commit to a production date, this could be uh, he could be off the project for good. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, don't I know mean, what's going on over there? I mean, I really like the idea of Grant Morrison being on a, you know, on a comic yeah, book too. script. However, it'll be deep. 
And I don't think Warner's is probably going to go with that. Yeah, the whole light and funny thing they've been doing. Yeah, the Marvel. Grant Morrison doesn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) He's he and no no knocks, man. He's one of my favorite. I love Grant Morrison, but he he writes some shit that makes you think. Like you'll sit there and go fuck, and on a movie screen, it's going to be higher quality, much higher quality, right? As BVS, but it will be a similar tone. What I still remember when we saw him over there at Comic Con. Oh man, that's still one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> like seriously, of my personal, it doesn't include my kids and my marriage mm-hmm. and shit. But like, it, it was just it, those aren't even up there. Like, <laughs> I don't even think Steve and I really talked to each other. No, like we just listened. <laughs> like that was it. And it was cool because it was one of those small rooms, so it wasn't a huge hall. It was a so small great. room, and just and. And just, we had a good seat too. Yeah, and just listening to it, even with his his Scottish brogue, you're just you, it was just kind of record the whole thing. I did. Yeah, I have to find the tape somewhere and see. I, but uh, yeah, it was just like just listening to him and just being kind of like, oh man, that's great. But if you guys also haven't read his uh, superhero book, um, that he wrote. Oh yeah. Like, what seven eight years ago? Uh, it gets into the whole story and the ideas of these superheroes and stuff like that. Not just DC, but what. Marvel too. And Grant Morrison is a word smith, especially <laughs> in that book. Like yeah. it, it, just the way the style that he writes. It, you're reading the book. There's literally no pictures. It's just a book, and you're fucking all the way in it. Like you're just like fuck. And it's basically a study into all the characters, not just DC, but Marvel too. Yeah. and where they came from and then how they how it incorporate it's like a mix of like this their history and how they impacted him and growing up and where he kind of came from so it's really really kind of uh, just such a great read um definitely if you guys haven't checked it out you know please do you're you if you're a comic book fan you'll enjoy it yeah agreed all right so i guess with that we go jump on to watch list um this week there was no episode of the orville so get a little sick and tired of these fucking breaks, bro. <laughs> For real. Oh, a week isn't gonna hurt us on like, you know, when Discovery and Doom Patrol go off. It's gonna be like it's a just year. weird. Cause other shows don't do that. Or maybe I'm tripping. I yeah, you tr- on network television, those things happen. Like, I just want to see my shows. <laughs> you know? Uh, um, so we're replacing the Orville with uh Captain Marvel. So I thought that fit in nicely with, uh, with the Endgame trailer. Right. Um, so I think, why don't you, you kind of start? What did you, I mean, you were the one that didn't really know much about this character, so I'm really so interested. I was, I was a little, I wasn't thinking the movie was going to suck, but I was listening to both sides. Like there were, there were people that were super excited about it, and that was the majority of people. They're like, this is fucking great. But there were people that were like, this looks fucking dumb. And then there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of hate because of what um, people misunderstanding stuff that Pre Larson was saying. And <laughs> it was all SJW this, SJW that. I'm like, I mean, it's just because it's a chick in the movie. Like, everybody calm down. Yeah. You know, whatever. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to I'm just going to watch the movie. You know, and I, I really did a concerned effort of not giving a fuck about what people were saying in the news and stuff like that both positive or negative and i enjoyed it i I, one it was set in the 90s and they did such a good job (laughs) it looked like i I went with a buddy of mine i went with my kids and and my wife a friend of mine was there too and i was like hey 
you've been there, haven't you? He goes, where? And I'm like, the 90s. <laughs> it like it looked like a place, like a tangible place <laughs> I've been. You know, like she – are we doing spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Um, she lands in a blockbuster. Right. And like it was blockbuster. <laughs> like it wasn't – it wasn't you just saw the front of the building. Like she walked out slowly and you saw the movies and, and just everything. All the titles. There were a lot of Schwarzenegger titles that I noticed. There were a lot of Schwarzenegger titles. <laughs> and then what she was blew- the one she picked up? Uh, oh, God. Um, oh, shit. I can't remember. But I know it was, it was, oh, God. It was something that was interesting. But I noticed that she blew up that uh, stand-up of uh, Schwarzenegger for True Lies. Yeah. <laughs> and then... There was um, it's just so many the cars, you know the Alta Vista d- search engine, Alta Vista the computer <laughs> shit, you know the the um, the fucking they're using Netscape Navigator, you know they went to Alta Vista on Netscape Navigator, <laughs> um, the um, the clothes everything just that that was great and then also too, I was watching the trailer. And I was like, this Brie Larson chick looks dead. Like, I think they just, I don't know. To me, she wasn't emoting at all. But then you see the movie and you, it, it kind of fits the character. And it's also not nearly as bad as the trailer makes it seem. Uh, she's a sarcastic little fuck. <laughs> and she's always messing with people. And I loved it. Like, I love her as a character. She's great. You know, there was no issue there. I, my, one of my favorite <laughs> parts was when the, um, the Cree dudes come in. And she's holding that lunchbox, and she's like, "You guys want to arm wrestle for it?" <laughs> like just being a dick, you know. I just love it. It was, um, it was a the Happy Days lunchbox, right? And, and then it's a tesseract, and it's a t- so it's like, but you know, but what makes this interesting to me is that we're back to the tesseract Infinity Stone. Yes, and I'm kind of thinking, hmm, tesseract, the time travel thing, the you know, I'm kind of like because you know. Most of the uh, Infinity Stones that we've dealt with through the through all of the Marvel movies have been the ones that we haven't explored. They've kind of gone through, but now we go back to the Tesseract. So it's kind of like, huh, okay, you know, is it there for yeah. a reason? You know, so it goes into that whole time travel bit. Um, I go ahead. No, I, I um, what was I even gonna fucking say? I don't remember. Go on. <laughs> I don't remember what I was gonna say. Um, I, on the other hand, had been a huge fan of Captain Marvel back when she was Ms. Marvel. Um, and, uh, it, it was, keep in mind, Captain Marvel was actually a DC property, uh, eventually became Oshazam because DC actually didn't pick up the rights to Captain Marvel again. Right. And, uh, Marvel said, fuck up <laughs> and, and picked it up. So that's why you have Shazam. That's such a crazy story, too. It is. It is. Especially a, that character. Like, you don't think Marvel wasn't fucking paying attention, dude? <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, there, there was a lot of the character that I was very, very eager to see. Because like Doctor Strange, when it came out, I think I was one of the few people that was really excited for Doctor Strange. Because I had followed Doctor Strange from when I was a kid. So it was kind of like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Right. And... You know, so watching it and then watching some of the styles that they did the character, yeah, they use some of the tweaked, you know, but, you know, when you're a comic book, origin stories change nine times out of ten, you know. Um, 
but I I love the fact that you kind of almost had to see Guardians of the Galaxy first to get you know to to kind of really put like oh that Ronin and and uh, um. Yeah, you one, would one of Ronan's dudes that worked with him, who was part yeah. of the the the. Like you would have enjoyed the movie still, but you wouldn't have caught on. Like you would have went, wait a minute, like I know that fucking dude, right? You know that kind of shit. Um and uh, but uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on was the de aging of both Sam Jackson and um, Agent Coulson. Really well done. Really well done. Some people were like. It kind of took me out. I'm like, for a minute, like you're the first thing you look and you're like, oh my God, how young do they look? Because remember, this is the 90s. And then after that, it should be out of your mind. If you're still but focusing on But that's the same reaction it. you would have is if we somehow got to look into the 90s. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not like, it's not like it takes away from the, the movie itself, I think. I think if you, if, if, it, if you sit there and say like, oh, it kept taking me out of it. It's like you weren't invested in it. You know, you, yeah. you weren't... You, you were weren't, looking for a reason. Yeah, you were looking for a reason not to. Um, beautiful thing, too, was shot in L.A. Um, uh, uh, there were a lot of <laughs> a lot of great comedic parts. When uh, My favorite was when, you know, uh, Captain Marvel comes out of the blockbuster, goes to the security dude sitting in the car. He's like, are you security for this quadrant? Well, yeah. Well, the, the movie theater has their own guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then points him to points her to the uh, radio shack um and so it was just it was there was a lot of stuff that kind of called back to the 90s to kind of let you know hey it's the 90s but a lot of the story actually i thought was really really cool on how they did it um how colson was the new guy and was teamed up with fury which kind of like okay you see that why he's yeah i dug that part too know, how they were kind of that close going all the way up and um how they kind of worked her past starting with how where she is now and then kind of piecing her past together um i think one thing we should talk about is the scrolls yeah <laughs> what did you it say was, <laughs> what did you say about the scrolls if there's one negative and i enjoyed it i liked it because i thought it was funny but i don't understand why the scrolls were like bros <laughs> like the way they taught like, yo man wait a minute like why it just seemed very cartoony to me like but it was funny i i liked it i'm not gonna complain and say the movie shit because the fucking scrolls were were dudish but i don't know it was just weird what was funny was um uh was like these aren't those aren't uh those are space coordinates yeah it's basic oh, physics yeah. basic physics Seriously, you couldn't put that together? You're my science guy. Yeah, you're my science guy. That fucking, I died in the theater. And the dude's like, he had that look. Like, he didn't say nothing, but he's like, what are you going to do? I, look, oh no, mistakes were fucking made. Like, he kind of had that look on his face. And I was fucking laughing so hard. Then when he's like, well, could we get the, the ship into space? Well, with a few modifications. And then Nick looks over, your science guy. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck this dude. You know, it's so funny. Oh man, but you know, I Jude Law was great. He really was as as the uh, as the bad guy. Uh, you could tell, and it was it was it was cool how they did it because if you really look at it, the bad guy is is the the what do they call supreme intelligence? Yeah, and Jude Law is the one you really kind of learn about more. 
And you can tell he's just bought into the lies yeah. from the Supreme Intelligence. He's not necessarily a bad dude. It's it, it's always good when you have a bad dude who thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Because it, it makes it so much more of a deeper character. And some, not just I do evil because I'm evil. Right. You know, which gets kind of <laughs> fucking old. You know. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, I thought that it was kind of sad. You kind of felt bad for him a little bit. Oh, man. And then when she started taking – and then, you know, the whole concept of, you know, oh, we gave you your power kind of thing because she had no memories. So, you know, we could take it away. And then you realize, oh, it was just a, you know, su- power suppressor. Right. So – because I was like, going, wait, I don't remember them giving her her power. Because they fucking did. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, that's why. Okay. Yeah, it was fucking great. And when she took that thing off and became a god, I was like, <laughs> fuck. Um, but yeah, such a good movie. It, is, it the, is it the best Marvel movie? No. no. I, I don't think – I think any – the problem is is the Marvel movies that focus on one character really can't win over the ensemble movies because they just can't. It's usually because the Avenger movies are – those or, are or Winter Soldier or anything like that. It's just there's so many of them in it. Yeah. And there's usually that's the big event. You know what I mean? So but I liked it. And I'm happy she's, you know, on our side. Um <laughs> But one thing I gotta throw back to the the uh endgame trailer is that little end scene where she's where Thor walks right up to her and yeah. then and then uh pulls the the hammer and she doesn't even flinch her funny. eyes kind of move at it and then looks and kind of gives him a smile and then he's all i like her <laughs> or i like this one <laughs> there's been a lot of people talking about this they've been fucking trying to ship them and shit <laughs> i'm like come on but um there's there was one dude who made some good points he said listen he's like i love captain marvel but Thor is a million times more powerful than she is <laughs> and i'm like really he is like especially in his current state in um in in the MCU, but having those two together, oh, that's, yeah. that's fucking heavy hitters, well, man. Like somebody had said that, like you know, Captain Marvel isn't going to change the balance, but it levels the playing field. Exactly, because you ha- you can you can heavy hit. I'm just this is from my my civilization days. Okay, <laughs> you want a heavy hitter on both sides. Because it confuses the fucking enemy. They don't know where to hit. Right. And then on the other fucking behind them, you got ranged fighters and all that. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get in there. I'll fucking tell you how it's supposed to be done. But um, yeah, and that was the problem. That was the problem in Infinity War is is, yeah, Thor was a badass, but he showed up late because he was doing shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he 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 cleared the field when he showed up. But imagine if he was there in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And he was he was that. He had his fucking the axe and everything, all that shit already. You know, it, he he almost ended it anyway. He just hit the wrong. He it, fucking <laughs> Thanos told him should have went for the fucking head, idiot. What cracks me up? What, what I mean, not cracks me up, but what still gets me when I watch Infinity War is when on Wakanda and then the 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 bridge um, happens and then you see Thor rocketing Groot and you're just kind of like it's that moment yeah. of like yeah, so. You know, and I kind of had that moment when I watched the Endgame trailer when um, Iron Patriot, you know, or War Machine yeah. or whatever it is, turns. You see Don Cheadle turns and then rockets right on his shoulder with his gun. And then he just has that look of like, I'm going basically, to destroy all of you. Basically, when Rocket is involved, right. <laughs> we're having a good time. Exactly. But um, I'm definitely going to watch um, Infinity War again before I go see 
um, end game. Well, I think what I'm going to do is because I, for the most part, I think I have all the movies with the exception of the last few, but the last few are, are streaming on Netflix. I was thinking of probably since we've got a little over a month, I can kind of do a, a viewing of the, right. Just kind of watch them all, watch them all. And, so then I, when I, you go into, you know, end game, it's kind of like, okay, it's all fresh in there you know, right. and see what happens. Um, but yeah, so, uh, definitely I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I was, I was not let down. Um, the music selection was really cool. Um, and then the fight with, uh, you know, I'm just a girl. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was good. And there was a moment at the end too, where, um, the supreme intelligence goes, you're only human. And every Marvel movie, every movie has this like fucking triumphant moment for the hero. And it says, you're only human. And then it shows in her history, she, every time she fell, she got back up. Right. And, and actually, I thought that was dope. Yeah. You know, usually in moments like that, I'm like, fucking cheese. You know, yeah. but I, I was I was dope with that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it made sense, you know, and it, it and humanized it, her a bit. Yeah. And it and it's good for the, it's good for the, the, the young ones, you know, the younglings, you know, checking yeah. it out and seeing that, yeah, you know, you saw her crash, you saw her fall, stuff like that, but she always got back up. Exactly. So, um, all right. So next one is talk about a painful one: Star Trek Discovery, Project Dataless, oh episode nine. Oh my god, dude! Um, oh, it was a good episode. It was a good episode, but it was it was painful on the fields, very right. painful on the fields. So, um. Uh, this episode, we kind of pick up where just after, um, Spock and, um, and, uh, Michael return to the, um, to Discovery and they're basically on the run. So we have, um, I thought was kind of cool was how, um, Admiral Cornwell joined Discovery to, uh, to, find out what's going on with section. 31. I really like her too. Yeah. I like her too. I love the fact that her and, and Pike kind of went back and forth and she's like, well, if you get off my ass, you know, we can actually get this thing started. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> she told him the truth and complimented him and put him in his place. And then goes, now can you get off my ass so we can get to work? Yeah. Because he was saying, cause it was a question about why he was put out there. And she's like, well, if anything happened to the Federation, I wanted a best to come back, you know, and, and, um, save it. And when she said that, you see the crew kind of looking at each other. I noticed like uh, uh, the helmsman and the con officer, they kind of looked and smiled. And then she's like, so can you get off my ass and let's get to work? Yeah, funny. Um, but when he said about, um, he said something about Section 31 and she and um, she's like, so what is this? Are you against it? He goes, I don't know what in my tone gave you the, <laughs> gave you the um, excuse that I wasn't, uh, that I wasn't still on board. You know, there was, they had a lot of like going back and forth where you see. There was a lot of like posturing, but mm-hmm. in a good way. Right. You know what I mean? Like people were making fucking stands here, <laughs> you know, and I dug it. Um, but the, the episode really focused on um, Arium, the cybernetic creature that, well, for the thing, for the longest time, we didn't know what she was. Remember last week? I remember you, you talked about it last week. Yeah. Is she an and- android? But now we found out. She's just. Did they say why she had cybernetics, though? They 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 said that they had an accident the day that the, she was watching that video, right? And then I guess because she was, you know, damaged, then she was augmented. She wasn't a, a robot, but she she preferred um, augmented. 
and uh, but they didn't kind of go. And it's really kind of one of those things where I kind of really wished they got into that character a little more earlier on. Um, yeah, I, I feel that they could have had some cooler little side stories or just more of it. But but that that was the thing, and and in the first season. There was one storyline going on right. the whole season, and and it, we didn't have enough room for the fucking crew to breathe in the in the. Uh, they were just kind of background players in the yeah. in the main thing, and it was kind of sad because I I think they're cool. Now I'm on this other chick with the eye thing. I want to <laughs> know what her fucking story is. You know what I mean? Like they're interesting, and and I think um, I don't know. It it, it was it was sad to see that we're not going to see more of that chick because she she was really cool. Yeah. I was really in, in it, but that whole thing played out of the virus that infected her, um, plays out a bit more. But what's interesting is the, uh, security chief, uh, was suspecting her all along. Yeah. And, um, so it, it proved, it was really kind of interesting to see how that whole thing really kind of was playing out, how she was. Oh, but at the same time, we also got to see how the crew reacted to one another, like Tilly and then uh, Kayla and how all of them kind of were, were really good friends. And then with Michael and how she would, at the end of the day, she would delete because she doesn't have infinite storage space, you know, probably two terabytes, maybe six. Um, and she was deleting a lot of memories, but keeping all the positive ones, the smiles, the things that, you know, were joyful. And, uh, so, although what's interesting is that now who's doing the holograms? Yeah, that's the big question now. Yeah. Because we find out, and Saru again with the fucking, <laughs> fucking the, the genius over here, <laughs> he, he discovers that when they get to the section 31, um, they get a hail from um, that fucking uh, Vulcan chick, which who we don't also have to worry about anymore, right. um, from section 31, that um, – she basically told him to fuck off. Like you guys are all fucking fugitives or whatever. And Saru said at the time, he's like, I want to, ch- I want to stay on the bridge and, and look into something. Yeah. Cause he was, he like was supposed whatever. to be, he was supposed to be part of the landing party. And Saru was right. like, I need to check something out. So he figures out, he discovers she was a fucking hologram because body heat, signature. You know, body heat that, that when things got tense, the heat didn't go up. So then he checked the surveillance footage of, um, of Spock. And again, I was like, what the fuck? So now that's the big conspiracy and everyone is saying, well, section 31 is framing. But then, but then I'm kind of like, is it section 31? Because it just seems weird to me. I don't know, man. There's so many because, fucking questions. Because it's one of those things that like when you learn one thing, it just gives you more questions. <laughs> it's spiderwebs and everything else. Yeah. It's, it, right. you suddenly have that conspiracy theory table going around, you know, that cork board. <laughs> But but what's interesting is that we also had the subplot of Spock and Michael trying to work together, but still not really. And you know what's funny? God, they re- Spock really is pushing her away. Yeah. But he kind of was very telling in the end when he was talking to uh, Sammons. <laughs> like he goes, maybe it's not you. He doesn't. He doesn't know anymore. It's he doesn't know himself, so he can't respond to you or whatever like that. Yeah. And I think he was basically saying what his problem is with Michael. Yeah, because what I thought was interesting is that a lot of times people think like, you know, they remember Spock in 
in certain ways, you know, the Ponfar episode, you know, the way he is with Kirk and all that stuff. But we forget that Spock can be a real dick. Yeah, he can. Like, he can be a full-on dick. Because not only is he, like, that logical Vulcan, but he's also trying to be that logical Vulcan. So sometimes if you get him – in the certain circumstances I've seen him emotional, he really – he goes – he kind of leans towards being an asshole to kind of prove he don't need emotion. Right. <laughs> kind of. And it's, it's like, all right, dude, we get it. You know, <laughs> she's crying now, bro. Like, come know, on. Come on, dude. Uh but it, it is really – it's really telling though. Like when I was watching it, I was like, you kind of forget Spock can be an asshole, you know, especially when he's trying to suppress something. He can exactly. be an ultra dick. It's that whole passive-aggressive, you know, mentality that he has. But, you know, that whole scene where, you know, they're, where Stamets is like, can you guys, you know, talk? Because I really don't like hearing myself talk out loud. And then they start kind of getting into that back and forth, and then he's like, "You know, on second thought, you guys just leave." <laughs> it turns out, it turns out, <laughs> you're you're talking out loud is very distracting. Because, I thought that was funny because he, you see him as he's working, he's watching them, and he's paying more attention to them than he is his right. own work. He's in the fucking the cheese may, yeah, the fucking drama. <laughs> and then you know they, I love that they pulled out the third dimensional chest. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've always wanted one of those. Me too. It it just, I don't even care. Not playing it, just having it up, you know? Yeah. But what's, what was, you know, and then of course spot, you know, it's this whole, then it turns into, you know, she's wanting to get him to utilize his logic again because he's distrust his logic because of what's happened with the red angel. So now he's kind of reluctantly kind of embracing his emotions and she's trying to get him to use his logic again. And then, of course, he does a table flip. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know when he did that, I was like, oh, shit, he just flipped the table. Um, but what was really what. So that whole storyline plays out, which was actually really, really good. Uh, the, the drama and the conflict between the two, you really kind of buy that, you know, she's trying to help. But then Spock is just really just not letting her in, you know, that he's still harbors what she said you know and then his reaction of like you know it's you you think everything evolves around you everything is your choice he goes it didn't matter that you were part of my family it was me you know they still didn't he goes i was you know half human i was the what did he call himself the um the um oh god i'm trying to remember the word that he used for himself but he was saying he was already the blight on the family it had nothing to do with her and you know and stop believing that every choice you make affects everybody else. Like, you know, basically kind of trying to bring her down a peg. Um, so it kind of, le- Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. man. Uh, sorry. No, I wasn't really, I was just going to kind of move it along, move the plot along. Oh, well, they're talking about, Oh, we haven't got there yet. I really, I feel like I found something and I used my, my previous knowledge and I want to get to it so I can fucking say it. Um, <laughs> So the landing party, right? So they go on the landing party. Now, one thing, too, is the security chief is a Kazon, and I was excited of, of my nerd abilities because <laughs> I was like, Kazon, Kazon, Kazon. And I go, oh, yeah, they're that race that a wormhole was right by their world, and it was in their space, and they were trying to sell it in Next Generation, and then it became Data. I think Data found out that it was unstable. Yeah, Data and Jordy. And it just 
Yeah, and it just closed. And I think the Ferengis were left to the other side or something like that. <laughs> yeah, know. they were left in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because I remember because they need to wear – I don't know what they breathe, but they need to wear a um, like a breathing apparatus. It's really small. Yeah, on their cheekbones. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to look them up right now. But they go to um, – they go to – First of all, the mines. Did we mention that? Did no, we, skip we, over the we, mines? we haven't talked about the mines yet. So this minefield. It's fucking ridiculous. Is fucking silly. All these mines are common form. They got different kinds. They got blackout mines <laughs> that make, um, I forget her name, but the the pilot who seems to be one of the greatest pilots <laughs> in fucking um, Starfleet history. Um, it makes it so she has to fly blind. Like it, they call blackout mines. And then they have these saw mines and all kinds of shit. So – so Michael just they're, – they're kind of losing the battle and then Michael goes, well, maybe we need to – they're anticipating our moves like chess. And it was so funny because it was kind of cheesy how they – how we just saw chess. Right. And then she can't – but such a Star Trek thing. <laughs> it was. Like here's the thing. Now it's relevant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Like it reminded me of a TNG episode, right. like 100%. And then it was um, like – it was the whole concept of like it's learned – you know, you do a couple of maneuvers. It anticipates your next move. So it was like let's randomize it. So everybody started – they started going to everybody on the bridge for a different maneuver. Yeah, because if you keep asking the same person, they're going to follow a pattern. Right. Like even if they're not trying to. So yeah, they kept like – do a um do a defense stand bam 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 they all kept naming them off it's like they're playing bingo yeah <laughs> um and you expect tilly to do bingo <laughs> right so all the mines stop now while this is happening we're seeing robo girl in the back <laughs> um she keeps phasing in and out like like the whatever the fucking the virus um, yeah virus is, is making her do shit and she's downloading something so okay, fine. Now they go to the surface or the fucking space station. This shit got grim over there. Yeah, because you got floating dudes dead, and then everyone's torn up. Big reveal, and then I'm gonna give the mic to Steve. <laughs> Big reveal is that the person that I previously said that was yelling at him about being fucking traitors, dead, cold as ice, motherfucker, yeah. frozen. So that's when um, I kind of set it out of sequence like I always do. That's when <laughs> Saru um, was like, yeah, I fucking found out these bitches were holograms. And <laughs> so I want I want to dub over an episode one day and just say <laughs> should do an um, audio commentary. Right. So go ahead. You you take the mic. I'll give you the big action scene. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah. So what happens is, is that, you know, what um, Tilly starts to look go over because once the landing party goes down to the surface um arian was doing something until he started to notice so she went over there while saru is doing this whole thing of like yeah the um you know the the they were all holograms and then as they're down there um arian and uh and michael see a bunch of people floating frozen and then they're all killed they don't know what killed them and then they find the the vulcan admiral that's um, literally sh that they said was a hologram cut in half and frozen. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, Arium's programming gets taken over and then she starts to, was it reactivate control? And uh, she ends up shooting at, uh, 
the security chick and then rips one of her air implants out. And because they, they, they we find out that those, um, the little, yeah, the apparatus that's attached to her cheek is it helps them breathing in, in an oxygen atmosphere. And she, and Arium rips it out, one out of her face and then kicks her down. And uh, Michael tries to take her, take her on. But they end up locking her into a, uh, in a uh, portal, a hatch, uh, hatch enclosure. Right. And, and then we come to find out that um, Tilly finds out that what um, Arium was downloading was all her memories. Everything that she had to make room to download everything from control into her. And um, Tilly was like, she wouldn't do this because her memories are her most important thing because she always keeps certain ones. And uh, Arium realize, knows that she's being taken over and that she has to kill Michael and complete her mission. And the only thing that Michael can do is inject her into space. And, you know, she can't do it because, you know, they're all friends and everybody's like, you know, freaking out about it. And Pike is like, you need to do it. You know, and he doesn't want to, and none of them want to, but she has to do it, but she can't bring herself to it. Pike tells her she can't, she has to, and even Spock tells her that she needs to do this. And Spock also kind of looked like he was concerned for Michael as well. Yeah. Because, because he said, um, it's either you or her. Right. Like he said that quickly. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. You could see um, Spock was very much concerned about her having to make that choice. And yeah. And and logically it is, it's either you or her. Oh, by the way, just a correction. Uh, the security chief is not a Kazon, although that race does exist. They're Barzan. Oh, Barzan, yeah. Yeah. I thought Kazon sounded a little weird. Kazon is like from fucking um, uh, Voyager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. They're yeah. the weird, like, they look like they have sea coral on their head or whatever. <laughs> Barnacles. Yeah. Uh, um, and then she was like, you know, and she was like, you have to do this, Michael. I'm going I'm, to I'm kill all of you if I get out of here. You need to do this. You need to just pull the lever. And she couldn't do it. And she said, the last thing she says, I want everybody to know that I love them. You know, all her friends. And then all of a sudden she gets ejected oh, out into space. It was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that scene. Like just, I told I told Steve because I saw the episode after him. And he said that end scene. I said, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Yeah, like, like I didn't. I wasn't ready. You know, I was like, fuck. Dude. Yeah, no, it was really. And and um, you find out it the um, security chief pulled the lever. And um, sent her out into space. And then it doesn't... She, I mean, she did the right thing. She did what needed to be done. Unfortunately, Michael froze up. Yeah. Because they're friends and shit, you yeah. know? So it's, But it'd be it the same fun. thing. Like, you know, if you know anybody in Star Trek, anybody who's, you know, close, it, they wouldn't be able to do that right away. No. Um, and uh, so you, you have that. And what's actually... What was really, even I think, heartbreaking in that was because we saw her flowing outside. We saw her memory... And that last memory that she said, I'm going to send you this, where Tilly says, I'm going to send you this memory, which was her last day as a human. And uh, the video plays and then it just, you know, uh, is unable to continue because, you know, basically signaling that, you know, she's dead. Right. But this is the first episode. We didn't get the music at the end. Yeah, it just ended. It which ended. made it even fucking sadder. Yeah, and it just ended. But it also made sense because the music's kind of triumphant. Yeah, and you know? all we heard was the beach background. Oh God! You know that uh. happened through that. It was just like it was like a whoa. I it's like that was that was like really like they really wanted everybody to know that we're just not killing this character off. This character is going off. Be, you know, and it's a big deal. 
And she also said before she died, before she got sucked out the fucking airlock, search for Project Daedalus, mm. mm-hmm. which is the big thing. Now, here's my thing I want to bring up. Daedalus is a mythical – it's a Greek mythology. Okay, and I had a I remembered it, but I didn't remember it enough to fucking explain it. But he's he's <laughs> so I had to look it up. He's the father of um, Icarus, and he's the one that created the wings that Icarus used to fly into the sun. What the does angel. the red angel have? Yeah. So it kind of sounds like. And me, what does Nintendo have? Kid Icarus. Boom. Boom. Solved. It was, it was fucking Nintendo. a lot of the whole time. Um, <laughs> no, it was Reggie. <laughs> no, fucking. The whole – the reason I'm connecting these two is because I think we're fo- – the show is really going lengths to have us focus on Section 31. But we're forgetting that a probe from the fucking future is what infected the chick. Well, look and at I – re- I really think – Whatever the Red Angel is coming back to help everybody with is from the future, and there the 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 Red Angel is the enemy of whatever made that probe. Right. Well, if you think about it too, remember the misdirect of of um, Ash being the, yes. the the one that was sending information to I Section really Thirty One. Think- they're trying – that's the perfect word for it is they're misdirecting us. Like they're, they're trying too fucking hard. <laughs> all of Section 31 just died. Like I've been reading – well, not all of it, but right. I've been reading um, a lot of people online and no one's talking about this. Like I'm like everyone forgot that the p- fucking 500-year-old probe is what infected the chick. Right. Everyone just assumes Section 31 is doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think it's Section 31. Because section, I think they're just as fucking confused as everybody else. <laughs> because Section 31 has been the Starfleet kind of black ops. Right. You know, and it's easy for them to do that. But it's like, that isn't it. You know, we there there's more to this. We know this. So it's like, okay, now we're now we're we're trying to go ahead. Oh, and also I uh, read Captain Pike obviously will not be in season three, but Spock will. They said Spock will have something to do in season three. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Although it should be Spock should leave at the end of season two and start an enterprise with Spike, yeah. Spock and Pike. We have time, people. Dope. We need an enterprise story now. Do another we really do. Your mission. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we can't have two main like. We need an enterprise show. They'd be competing show. with themselves. No, because enterprise would be too much like Discovery. But but no. But see, the thing is, is that because they launch them in batches, you could have Discovery, you know, another series, and then have a Pike series, and then another little series, yeah, and then you're you know, right. because there's a year in between the shows, so. Yes. And then we have uh, Michelle Yeoh's Section 31 series that's going to come out after Season 3 of Discovery. So, And Season 3 starts June, I think they said, for um, filming. So, yeah. So, you know, it looks like we'll... They're starting earlier, though, because I know they finished filming Season 2 on, like, Christmas Eve. Because I remember on Instagram seeing that, you know, they were, like, they had finished, like, officially finished. So it was kind of like, well, that's kind of weird, but all right. Uh, so yeah, so this is this is really we're we're at the we're at we're a little past the midpoint on this, so you know things are going to start ramping up from from now on. Right. Uh, so speaking of ramping up, 
Doom Patrols, episode five, <laughs> Paw Patrol. This was one of the what the fuck kind of episodes. Dude, Doom Patrol's becoming my favorite fucking show on television. I like, love it. This show is so batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> and the writers are having such a good time. And you can tell. Like, it's just the solution the solutions to the problems they have, I would never fucking think of. Like, I can't anticipate what's going on in the show. Right. It's too fucking crazy. You know, we found, we got a new um, personality. Oh, right. From Jane, um, which is probably the most terrifying. She kind of had that, make, she had that little rogue gray streak going through her. Yeah. Head. But she she has the power. She was a like a therapist. Yeah. But she has a power of suggestion. Like she was, she could get anyone to do anything as long as they can hear her. And I was like, oh, that's terrifying. And we also had the return of uh, Mister Nobody. Yeah, he came back, and now him and Niles are fucking working together. Oh my god, that shit was so fucking funny. It's like we can't have it end. I haven't been in the last two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's almost, and it was so funny. Because it's like Mr. Nobody was having too much fun. He wasn't paying attention to what the fuck he was doing. And, fucking, and he almost ruined everything. Yeah, and you had fucking Niles spinning around in a circle the whole time. And now he right. can walk. Right. right. He <laughs> fixed that problem. Um, so, yeah. So, after last week's episode, the world was on the verge of being destroyed. And uh, everybody fucked up. So, Mr. Nobody and Niles decide to team up to save... Um, to save humanity and they had a little bit of a weird plan so we got to see jane in a couple of different instances she was a punker punk rocker and uh i love the whole fact that she took down those cops <laughs> or no took down those uh those uh those dudes that were harassing her and then the cops fucking billy clubbed her from behind um so we end up with mr nobody trying to find the right jane the right version of Jane. And what did he land? Like 1978 or 77 or something around mm. there? 77, I think. Yeah. Cause she was in the punk rock scene. Right. And then that personality had come out of the power of suggestion, which is probably, and she had, Oh my God, that doctor that was torturing her almost made uh. him stab himself in the eye. And, uh, Oh, and fuck him, too. Oh, he deserved yeah. it. He totally deserved it. Like, he's such a fucking piece of shit. Oh, man. I was so angry watching that, too, because one of the things that I hate seeing is when people abuse power when they're supposed to be helping people. Yeah. Like, it's like, fucking fuck you. <laughs> you know, you took a goddamn oath to help people, and now you're just being a dick. So I was waiting. Like, she was like, you should stab yourself in the eye. I'm like, you really should. Yeah, exactly. Um. So it it was uh, so then we get into the whole uh, setting the plan in motion and basically Mister Nobody convinces this version of Jane to start a cult called the Recreation. So funny. And so with her power of suggestion, she gets people to form up this this cult. And I love the fact that you have some people like, well, what if we did this? And then she's like, yeah. No, <laughs> let's no. And then the one that one girl or no, they said, why does it have to be a guy? Why can't it be something else? And then it, that to me was kind of like the SJW kind of thing. Right. You know, just it was like, silly shit. Yeah. That we're, you know, arguing over semantics. And then the one guy goes, how about a dog? I like dogs. <laughs> and, and like the words, you shouldn't be able to see them. 
It's like, and then fucking Jane finally pipes up and she goes, but how are they going to read them if they can't see that? I think it was Jane that said that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he goes, well, like there's a bell, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And then the, then that one girl, one, that one uh, woman goes, well, yeah, when you ring the bell, then the words kind of come out and then forms and she's like, yes. And you're going to be the, uh, you know, she makes her the, the, I don't know, like the. She was the one that needed to remind her. Yeah, and because uh, I think I think um, Jane pretty much knew she probably wasn't going to be on the right fucking mindset, mindset at the yeah. time. And everybody else was like, "Okay, so what do we do?" <laughs> and it's like, uh, "Enjoy being in a cult." He's like, "This is a great." The, the other guys are like, "This is the greatest cult ever." Yeah, it's better than my last cult. <laughs> yeah. So it was so funny because basically. The whole premise of the sh- of the episode and of the event was – I think it was Niles or it was the other dude who said the, the reason that the D creator exists is through the power of faith. People believed in it, so it came to be. So they, they go to solve this then. We just need to go back in time and have people believe in something else. Yeah, the recreator. Right, and that's exactly what happened. Oh, and what then did she say? The- she said – oh, no, she told everybody else to dance. Yeah, like, to dance. To dance it where the world's going to end. Everybody just is going to dance. And then like the split second later. To, like You can ring my bell. Yeah. <laughs> and then all those old people come running out. Like right. in their 50s. And then 50s. the one, the main chick, the one that said there was a bell, you see her old and she. Um, Fucking has an oxygen tank and is smoking. Right. <laughs> I forget. Oh, yeah. She's the, you find out she's the one that was fucking with the priest. Because oh, she right. said, um, she said that she, she climbed into a priest to get here. Yeah, they did some weird fucking like occult I, shit. Like I wanted to be in, like you know, like and end up in the snow globe. So she, right. already, like, she already knew everything was going to happen, and, and and her her sole purpose was to just so they could go ring the fucking bell and not and Nerdheim. Yeah, which I thought it was just great. Like everything <laughs> was great, and then they rang the bell. I love then, the fact that the 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 um. The queen and her guards came out here, came out there and are telling her that she, you know, that she's nothing they're like um, that she's from New Jersey. And she and um, she's like the only king, I think, was Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And, she, and I spit the only in, God I worship oh, yeah. is Bruce Springsteen. And I've spit in his face twice. <laughs> she was a thug. dude. Oh, she and totally then, was. And then. um so they ring the bell, and then another eye is in the sky now. Oh, but we forgot because the Doom Patrol in the present day thought it was a guy, and they go, "Oh, we we think we found him," and they um, they go over to the the guy's house. So the um, secondhand Constantine and uh, 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 Vertigo's Constantine. <laughs> Let's be respectful. Vertigo's <laughs> Constantine, right? Um, and um, Elastigirl and a negative man go in there and they start, they find this one dude who's just like a, looks like a total douchebag and they see the tattoos on him and they start, um, they pull up his shirt to start reading him. And then, and then what does he say? He goes, Oh no, he's not the chosen one. He's just a douchebag. Right. <laughs> I, I rolled hard I on that. laughing so fucking hard. And then dude. he, like, he noticed this is the dog that was barking and he's like, wait a minute. And then he realized that it was a dog, the dog, and he picked up the dog and goes out there. And then he, um, once he goes outside, the the then they ring the bell, the the letters start appearing 
off of the dog and then he makes the chant and then the extra eye comes in and there was it a staring contest like yeah both? they just stared at each other <laughs> until one gave up and it was the the d creator gave up <laughs> so I, it was just fucking splendid dude <laughs> and and the recreator because we forgot also to mention that ever since the 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 D D creator showed up, things were just randomly popping out of existence. Fucking like Thanos not just snap there. Right. Like not just people, but just items like everything was popping <laughs> out. The bus disappeared. <laughs> yeah. So all that shit showed back up. You know, what so was, was funny. Kind of, what was funny. It was when the, the D creator showed up, uh, the members of the cult came running out of nowhere with a boom box and then they started dancing and then they started freaking out when members of them started disappearing. Right. <laughs> Oh so my god! Good. It was it was such a what the fuck episode, but it's 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 funny because it's like what's this episode five? So you're episode five, and it's just kind of like what the fuck is going on, and it makes you more invested. Yeah, definitely. But then Niles ends up uh, leaving, and he's supposed he's trying to say goodbye to everybody, but then shit gets weird. Um, and then negative man like freezes everybody and then pulls Niles into a vortex. So he never gets a full chance to say goodbye to everybody. But then we also see how Jane ends up with Niles, which I thought was fine. Uh, which was a nice touch. Yeah. And then also, um, so Mr. Nobody froze time a little bit and then he made it. So, um, cyborgs like, arm cannon over overloaded oh yeah that's right and it blew his arm exploded so the system he has a system where it was like going to automatically correct but he didn't want to do it because it was going to call his dad but robot man made that call and was like fuck this so it started to rebuild his arm but he doesn't look like he's too fucking happy about it yeah he looks a little pissed off about it yeah so but yeah so um if, if, if this is one of those things where it's like if you haven't if you don't want to do like you know pay for it for a month or whatever because I think it this series I think is set to end in April I think maybe late April early May uh, when it does end and you'll hear it on us because we will be talking about the final episode sign up for that seven day trial and binge watch that series or even eight bucks you want to pay the eight bucks a month just do it for this it's just it's such a great show I think yeah. you know it's it's I'm really kind of glad Adam turned me on to this one because this one's this one's been fucking amazing. Really my, fucking good show. My brother's I mean, even, my brother's I even turned on it too. Fucking, huh? I, my brother's even turned on to the show. Yeah, I think the uh, the monthly's worth it. They got more shit coming out too, so um, it's a streaming service I can get behind. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, with that, we'll quickly jump into some headlines and then get on to our. Our main topic, this episode's being long today. Yep. <laughs> Extra link brought to you by <laughs> K- <laughs> KY. <laughs> brought to you by KY. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, so in a no one saw this thing coming, uh, Disney has rehired director James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 after being fired 
from it last year over decades-old tweets dug up by an alt-right blogger who was pissed off of Disney firing Roseanne Barr over her racist tweets. Deadline reported the story Friday afternoon and was later confirmed by Gunn himself via his Instagram and Twitter account. He is currently set to write and direct Suicide Squad 2 and production of the Marvel property will resume once complete, once completed work on Suicide Squad 2, which is not going to be Suicide Squad 2. It's going to be Suicide Squad. Essentially, it's supposed to be a full reboot. Uh, oh, really? Uh, it's supposed to be a reboot, but now they're saying Harley Quinn is in it again, even though early reports said she probably won't be. Um, so it looks like it's going to keep some characters, but it's it's going to kind of say like, well, the last one was kind of their own thing and we're going to do something, probably because of the fact that it's going to be a little lighter fare, especially with Gunn involved. Yeah. So um looks like... Um, Warner's is going to kind of go strictly with the lighter fare. And I, I am excited about it. I just, I, they Idris need to get El- organized. Idris Elba as Deadshot? Yeah. <laughs> they they need to get organized over there because it's conf- it's getting confusing now. Yeah. Like, well, it's like what the movie- comics. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you know. I'm just, Is this the know. rebirth? Is this Flashpoint? Which one are we doing here? <laughs> Let's not. Let's stop point fingers, okay? Because there was a time where I had no fucking idea what Marvel Universe a character was from. We've all made mistakes here. That's what I'm trying to say. So. And, yeah, it's my turn. Um, <laughs> sorry. For those of you with a hard-on <laughs> for the latest and greatest, we have news about Verizon's 5G pricing and launch details, none of which is all that good. While T-Mobile claims they won't increase prices, Verizon will definitely increase prices by $10. And I expect it as much. Um, The new price will now start at $85 per month for the base Go Unlimited plan for a single line, which is always subject to throttling and only offers slow hotspot speeds and 480p video. $95 per month for the Beyond Unlimited, which is 22 gigabytes of unthrottled um, LTE, 15 gigabytes of LTE hotspot, and 720p video. That's one I have, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, my family plan. All the phones on my family plan have that one. Um, and $105 for the above unlimited plan, 75 gigabytes of LTE before throttling, 20 gigabytes of LTE hotspot, 720p video, and a few other perks. One benefit is that for now, Verizon will not be throttling your 5G speed, primarily because very few people will be using it. Once it becomes widely used... That will most definitely change. The initial rollout of 5G will be for Chicago and Minneapolis, which is a weird choice. Um, Even rollout to those cities will be limited. In Chicago, Verizon says that it'll be concentrating service on the loop, especially near landmarks like the Union Station, Millennium Park, and uh, Willis Tower, as well as in the Gold Coast, River North, and Old Town areas. So the nice areas. right? Verizon store... Verizon store on the Magnificent Mile will also offer 5G service. That's the, that's the hoity-toity area right. of Chicago. The people who can afford this shit. Right. <laughs> um, Minneapolis will see a similar concentration focused on the downtown west, downtown east, and Elliott Park uh, areas of the city with a focus on landmarks like the Minneapolis uh, Convention Center as well as the Target Center and U.S. Bank Stadium sports venues. 
along with the Verizon store and the Mall of America. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I always have to say it that way when I see it. Um, so if any of our listeners are in those areas and get the 5G service, let us know how it works out for you. So, yeah, we definitely <laughs> need to get some speed tests out here. And I want speed tests from actual people. Like, fuck what the companies are telling right, me. Right, exactly. I need people to get their real phones out there. I need Apple speed tests. I need Samsung speed tests. I need all of it. Yeah. So I need um the Lazy Geek Science team out there. <laughs> getting it done. We'll make, we'll make shirts, too, if you guys want. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Yeah, we'll ru- you see people running around Lazy Geek speed tests. <laughs> My wife just bought a crit cut. I can make a sticker. Like, it can happen. <laughs> You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it still, as we said, when, you know, they, uh, when, uh, Samsung announced their 5g phones, wait, don't even bother with this yet. Cause more often than not, you're still going to be using 4g most yeah. of the time, especially, which I, you know, like I, I think in this original piece I wrote was like, yeah, San Francisco, LA, New York, all didn't make the cut. <laughs> you know, it's like really maybe, it, maybe Chicago, they Minneapolis. Maybe they did it because it was easier. It's possible because it's smaller content. So if it fucks up and it's still a major city, so they can still stress <laughs> test it. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, mm. but the th- you think that like something like, like New York or San Francisco, a little more, con- a little more, um, how should I say, uh, control, like a smaller space, like, you know, New York city or like San Francisco, Chicago is like LA. It's it's pretty vast. It's a big area. So, you know, so test rest testing it in certain spots makes it a little weird. But, yeah. All right. Well, our main story this week is about free will. Our ability to have a choice in what we do and blame something else or someone else when it um when if the result of our decision goes south. Since the 2016 election, we as a nation have been trying to find something to blame for the election of Donald Trump, the rise in racial hate crimes, and the attack on science-based information. Recently, Ashley Landrum, assistant professor of science communication at Texas Tech University, claims that YouTube is the reason so many people believe in flat earth. As Engadget reports, Landrum presented her research at this year's meeting of the American Association of Ad- for the Advancement of Science. She detailed her own trips to a conference in North Carolina where flat earth believers gathered and noted that many of them credit YouTube videos to bringing them into the fold. We have blamed social media for fake news, widespread distribution of hate, increased belief in anti-vaxxers, and attempting to debunk science. At some point, we do when do we stop blaming external forces for society's ills and realize that we have to share in the responsibility? Right. We all have free will, the will to believe such things and the will to believe that just because it's on the Internet doesn't make it true. Adam, your thoughts? I mean, I think it's funny that um, we're, we're blaming YouTube now. Like, like <laughs> it's... You can't think for yourself. Like I, I feel like people, a lot of people, especially – and I've always said this. There's two types of people on the planet. There's followers and there's leaders. And that doesn't necessarily mean all leaders are like fucking Genghis Khan. It's just there's people who think for themselves and there's people who can't be bothered. And um, the people who can't be bothered are not necessarily stupid people. They just want to deal with – they want to live their life and get on with it. Right. And I feel like it's those kinds of people mixed with uneducated 
people. Like that kind of – those two things are dangerous together and they strive. They really, really want just to be told what to do. Like they don't want to fucking hear it. And then you also get with the distrust of the establishment, throw that in there. And now you're making a cake that tastes a lot like anti-vaccinations, you know, and it gets fucking ridiculous, you know. So to blame (laughs) – that's like blaming the onion if you believe one of their stories. Like you're a fucking (laughs) asshole. Like everyone knows that YouTube is not a reputable news source. Anyone can post shit on there. It's open. So I don't understand what the point of that is. But that aside, um, unfortunately, this problem with people not thinking for themselves and just kind of – this has always been around. It's kind of part of the human condition. It's just magnified now because everyone has a platform. Yeah, and like to to me, Landrum – you know, basically going there and saying, how did you get into Flat Earth? Oh, well, I watched, started watching YouTube videos. It reminds me of the comic code. Yeah. How um, a pseudoscientist went to prisons and talked to juvenile delinquents and, and prisoners. And, you know, what did you read most? Well, I read comic books and other stuff. But, oh, they all strung of comic books. So, ergo, comic books are the reason we have, you know, juvenile delinquents and, and criminals, which goes to say rock and roll was considered a, you know, sinful, uh, rap music was, you know, uh, not music and it's violent and, you know, uh, heavy metal, Marilyn Manson video games, you know, it's like, how much do we deflect that we can't take responsibility for ourselves? It's that whole thing of like, well, he had a bad childhood is why he did that. You know what? So did a lot of people. But yeah. just because that person did doesn't necessarily mean that that is a sample like, oh, well, if this person did, that means, you know, everybody did and everybody should be like that. Because technically, if that was the case, much like the whole anti-vaxxer thing, like, oh, well, kids that were, you know, vaccinated should by the time they reach this age should show signs of autism. By that, by that logic, we should be in fucking Mad Max Fury Road by now. Yeah, we really should. But. We're not. And it's like how much, you know, how much of this can you deal with before you actually go, you know what? I'm kind of thinking this is bullshit. You know, um, one thing that I was um, I had told told Adam about last week uh, when we. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we, we when we didn't do the show last Sunday, I had told him that I watched the Netflix uh, documentary Behind the Curve. Yeah. And it's a documentary about flat earthers. One thing that's really interesting about this, and some people were claiming that, well, I don't understand, you know, we're criticizing it because it didn't mock them. And then I'm like, but the thing is, is that we shouldn't really be mocking these people. We should kind of look at some of the signs of what makes these people tick. Not only that, it's such a knee-jerk reaction to mock someone who you find retarded. But you, right. <laughs> you, need to, you need to focus on education. You need to be like, no, that's not correct. Let me explain why. Because in an argument – this is something my grandfather told me a long time ago. If you're arguing a point and you're right, as long as you don't raise your voice and the other person does, you've won the argument. Yeah. You, they will look retarded and you will look fine. It doesn't matter what they believe when they walk <laughs> away, you know. So, it, 
and I see a lot of people doing that now. And and, and when you're watching a documentary, you, no one is making. It's not a documentary if they're just like you're a fucking idiot. Right. Like, okay. Now you're just being a dick. You know. Let, these people obviously believe this for a reason. And I agree. What is the causality? What is the common thread between these people that is causing them to believe such foolishness? Yeah. And one of the things that I found was kind of interesting because they were talking to people that primarily a couple of people that are are big in the flat earth movement. And then they were talking to astrophysicists who uh, it's particularly one one uh, woman on there who I was like, oh, my God, she's like me. She was like, oh, my God, I'm fascinated by all these things and pulling on these threads and seeing where they go. And then I'm like, going, oh, is she one of those hardcore believers? Then they show that she's an astrophysicist. And she was like, oh, it's just fun to me. It's fun to read this stuff, which is like me. You know, I, I, I watch uh, conspiracy theories and videos and, and listen to that stuff. I have podcasts that I listen to strictly because it's entertaining to me. And sometimes when they get out, you know, it just shake my head and it's just like, you know, it's like, what are you guys doing? Come on, you're you're negating so many facts <laughs> yeah. you know you're just ignoring like fucking thousands of years of science right or maybe hundreds of years of yeah. science <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know so they have they spoke to a uh, psychologist and one of the psychologists naturally he was a european psychologist so he had a lot more sense than you know the american ones here he basically said the same thing he goes we should not dis he goes the reason why uh, these conspiracy theorist people flourish and find that they buck the system is simply because we have this intellectual smugness that we de- um, debase them, we ridicule them, we push them into fractions, which into factions which they their their upbringing has already brought them to. Many right. of these people have lived on the fringe, and once they find a setting of people that. You know, it's that hyper, that's that, uh, uh, what did you call it earlier? You call it um, that uh, closed environment. Uh, oh, walled garden. Yeah, and that you only hear stuff that reinforces your point of view, you're going to embrace that more, which is why we have a big push on conservative values, a big push on liberal, extreme liberal point of views, uh, public shaming, you know, there's there's people that are like, oh, we like to ridicule people, so that's what we'll do. So you you know, and then they spoke to this one where they had a flat Earth conference, and then on the other side of town they had this um, in Pasadena, where is JPL is out in Pasadena, and right. they had a bunch of the NASA scientists there talking about him, and one of them was saying, he goes, we need to stop being smug. We need to we need to learn why they believe this stuff. Why? They see this stuff. He goes, because once we start losing people because we think we're intellectually superior, we're losing this argument. And I've and I found that to be kind of like, yeah, you know what? That's that's kind of right, because I've always Adam and I have always been frustrated by, you know, some of the conspiracy theories and some of the way these people are. But it's not necessarily the point of they're stupid, they're dumb, move on. You know, it's like. No, it's because we have, because there is so much information out there and there is so much, uh, so much, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's hard to say, like, there is that vacuum that gets filled with either forward or against, but there's so much out there that people aren't able to discern 
or unwilling to discern what's truth and what's not. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I read last year was that a majority of people that spread fake news are older people because they're of the mindset and people are like, well, that's because the older people are dumb. It's like, no, that's not it because older people generally came from an, of a time where, oh, if it's printed in the paper, it must be true. Oh, if it's right. on television, it must be true. If it's on the internet, it must be true. While most they, of, They're not used to being told something that looks like news and going, nah. Yeah, these, like they, these are the, we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we grew up. You know, we we know the internet, and right. while you know, like while I may not have grown up with the internet, still well versed in how the internet works, and realize, oh, this is basically you know the tabloid magazines that you read, you know, and and that's the internet as in a nutshell, and so at some point though. You know, people are coming to, the, yeah, we're blaming YouTube, or, you know, the, the, the shooting in New Zealand, we're blaming Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you know, uh, all of these to say that they need to stomp it out. But at some point, where do we come in to take some blame? Obviously, in our society, nobody wants to take blame because nobody wants to admit that, that they fell for something. You know, I mean news store you know news organizations falls for onion articles sometimes because they're so close to what could actually happen especially when you read a headline that's about trump you're like oh that could almost be fox news but i'm thinking it's the onion oh it's fox news never mind right you know it, it that line between them is blurring and uh i just it's just one of those where i'm starting to kind of look at everything and I'm like yeah i'm reading a lot of tech articles articles that are saying you know those social media platforms can only do so much because people say like, oh, well, you know, they, they allowed them to stream. Yeah, they allow anybody to stream. But, you know, you know, one guy brought up a good point. Uh, uh, one of the talking heads on TV goes, yeah, he goes, you think about six, what do you say? Uh, 60 million people use social media accounts and they're able to get... 90%, you know, he goes, they were able to get, let's say 90%, 10% still make it through. That's still a lot because when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, 60 million, that's 6 million that still got through. Right. While you can sit there and say, oh, well, we got 90% of it. Oh, well, that that's good. 90%, you know, that means 10% got through. 10% of 60 million, still a lot. And it's up to us, you know, to, to you know, curb the stuff and not hate shame it or you know sit there sit there and say you're dumb and then like oh you know because primarily what we're doing and most most people will say this whenever you're doing an anti-trump stand you're gonna get the oh there's those goes those snowflakes it's like yeah but does that mean they're wrong or right you right. know just calling them a name isn't necessarily proving your point you know, and then I think that's the thing is is people resort to that childish shit when they don't have a point. And I think the problem is like you you'll have people on both sides of the fence that they they like I believe in this thing, but I don't know enough about the <laughs> thing to defend it. And I'm like, then you don't believe in it, right? You're you're believing in hyperbole. You're believing in a headline and not the article. Exactly. Like you need to 
actually be well versed on what you on on your ideals. I think out of anything on the planet, you should be well versed on your fucking ideals. Exactly. Like if you if you stand for something, if you will t- if you are willing to tell another human being, no, you are wrong and I am right. The first question out of everyone's mouth is why? Yeah. Why are you right? And you damn well better have a fucking answer. But the problem is, is that n- nowadays people ex- people accept the fact that no one is explaining anything. They're just making up shit. Right. And it's it's like fucking god. Like we have um with the flat earthers, not even that long ago, maybe like a month or two, the dude set up this fucking experiment, and it's the same experiment they always do, and it always fucks up, where they put. Some like one thing over like a paddle over here and then they shoot a laser and it's supposed to go through the the hole and it's like this will just go straight, blah blah blah. And it never fucking works right. because the earth is fucking round. Which in that documentary where we played it a week or two ago, I think it was like two weeks ago maybe. Um I think it was Boom Bitch where I played that that piece from that documentary, which was from the documentary that I saw. And I right. saw them do that and I was just like, wah wah. You know But you can take that which is evidence to the contrary of what they believe and they just will ignore it because it doesn't fit in the narrative they're trying to write. Exactly. There was It doesn't it, it the problem is is we have ideas and that are being mixed with emotional comfort. The the science of if the earth is round or flat should not have anything to do <laughs> with your emotional stability. But the, a lot of these people, if you if you really drove it, drove it in and you fucking proved to them, no, the Earth's round, a lot of them will fucking lose their minds. Yeah. Like they'll just be like, oh, everything I believe, fuck you. You believe the Earth was round for more time than you didn't. Right. Well, one, one of the interesting things is one of the guys that they feature in this, you could tell he was one of those kind of conspiracy kind of guys to begin right. with. And kind of a loser, but now he's got all this adulation from people who who think this. So in the documentary itself, it kind of shows you that even if he's proven wrong, he wouldn't admit it because then he would lose all this adulation. It really falls in line with more of you're getting this recognition for this, so why change it? And one thing that I thought was interesting is there was these these two guys that supposedly do a podcast about conspiracies or their um, flat earth. And they said that, you know, we don't like to dismiss it out of hand. We need to prove that we're either right or wrong. Now, what happens later is they said, you know, we need to prove that the because of the the magnetic field, there's a or the rotation of the Earth, there's a 15 degree tilt. And he says, but he goes, we need to have. I think it was a laser um, compass. But it costs like some several thousand dollars in order to because they said that's the most accurate you can get. Like, you know, if it, it, and if you're going to do use that, that's going to basically give you and that will prove to us that there is not a uh, no 15 degree slant. Well, somebody actually managed to get th- get them one and sent it to them. And I bet you it was someone who didn't who wasn't a flat earther. Probably. Like here, here's the fucking tool you want. And guess what? 15 degree slant. That's right. And you know what they said? Well, it showed up. We did it. You know, we did this, and then we did it on another spot to kind of instill 15 degree slant. But we're, you know, we we're gonna do some more tests, right? And I was like, you just said that that would be definitive, like that would be it. 
but still because the narrative now changes exactly you know and it's it's really it's sad it's sad to watch because you have created a reality in your head that doesn't match the fucking reality that we're all in and you're you're trying to fit it and convince people that oh no this is the way no it's fucking not like it's not how it works <laughs> Like it's so fucking sad. And, and like, but my big thing is with this is that at what point do we blame those guys that are doing a podcast or those guys that are doing the videos as much as we blame the people that are listening to it and that are being swayed by their argument because it's, you know, and, and most of them will say, well, that sciencey stuff, that's all a lie. For what purpose? And nobody can ever explain that. For what purpose? Because it's in their way. It's in their yeah. way. That's all. And and here's the thing. And, and I've said to we we have anti-vaxxers at my job, and um, they've become more common because you know people are retarded and they just latched onto <laughs> something new. Um, and they'll go, well, science, you know. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'll take science any day because it's wrong sometimes. Because I can disprove science. I can say. No, or a scientist can say, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then if they prove it with evidence, all the other scientists will peer review it and go, you know what? You're right. We're wrong. We need to rewrite this. Because listen, we're not going to get it right every time. But these little fringe groups, you can't disprove them because they don't fucking care. Yeah. They don't care about the truth. They just want to know. They want to believe what they want to believe, and they want everyone else to feel stupid. And it's so funny. I had an anti. There's an anti-vaxxer chick at my, at my job, and she's cute, but she's fucking stupid. <laughs> and she, I, I told, I told my friend, I'm like, thank God this brought us cute, because she ain't gonna have much fucking purpose in life, because she knows nothing but thinks she knows everything. Oh yeah. And um, she was telling me about anti-vaccinations and that medicine in general is bad and you should have to take homeo. And I, I was kind of trying to give her the – be nice. I was like, listen, when I'm sick, yeah, sure. I, I take honey fucking tea and all that. But if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm going to get the day cool. Like we're not playing games. Right. You know, it's, it's I'm whatever. I'm the Vicks. <laughs> right. And she's like, well, I'm not vaccinating any of my kids because it's ridiculous. She doesn't have any kids. And I'm like, you're vaccinated. And she goes, Yeah. And I go, that's why you don't have fucking diseases, you moron. Like, I'm like, why can't you – like, I lost it a little bit. I was like, why can't you see what's happening? The anti-vaccination movement starts and then all of a sudden, everyone's getting – the accounts of measles and mumps and all this other fucking shit is coming out of nowhere. Yeah. What's your answer to that? Because honestly – as a functioning human being with any ounce of consciousness, I can obviously see it's because people stop fucking vaccinating their kids. And yeah. she's like, well, well, those cases were there anyway. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? No, they weren't because everyone would have been talking about it. You guys act like we were in the USSR and that the state controls everything. It's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, it's, it's, they would be all over the internet. Just people be like, "Why does everyone have measles all of a sudden?" Yeah, and the thing is, is that you have people like, "Well, why do we have to have a polio shot? We haven't had polio in so long because we have the polio shot." Yeah, the measles. We outbreak. haven't had. We haven't had a measles outbreak because we have a measles vaccine. There are people outside of this country, from from nations that unfortunately, and I'm not speaking ill of them, unfortunately don't have a medical system like we do. 
So they will bring that shit over here unintentionally just because they travel over here because everybody always wants to come here. So or somebody from here goes over there who goes over there, visits and brings it back. And then you have children that are unvaccinated now or can't be vaccinated for a few years because there's a lot of that, too. There we, is. Yeah, we have kids. And there's that also can't be there because are, their immune system. So we they're very rare occasions where there are people that can't have vaccinations at all. And at least for the first few years or even in, in life in general, because there's something wrong with their immune system and they rely on us to be responsible so we don't spread it to them. Right. Because kids will die from this shit. What is it's it called? Herd, herd, herd vaccine? Herd, herd immunity. Herd, herd immunity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a fucking game. Like, and I think that's the problem. And it's this weird gray area where they're like, well, we can't legally force people to take medicine. That is true. We can't legally force people to take medicine. But I almost want to say fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, when does it become child endangerment? Yeah. You know, you, yeah, the parent's an idiot, but he's he or she is endangering their fucking kid because the kid doesn't even have say in it. And we're seeing kids now, kids that know how to read a fucking book – who are learning and then they turn 18 and they go get all the fucking vaccinations. Yeah. And God bless them. And then you hear people that are like, well, we don't need the vaccine. Um, it's like, well, I don't need to do that yet because if we get it, we have the vaccine for it. It's like, that's not how it works, you douche canoes. Yeah, you have to be vaccinated first. <laughs> and then also, th that kind of logic is retarded too. It's like, oh, so you don't like vaccinations until you need them? Right. Like, fuck you. Hmm. It's the same with that fucking homeopathic broad. I got another argument with her too. Because it's not just anti-vaccination. It's no medicine. But it's funny how I heard a story that she had to take the morning after pill when her boyfriend forgot to put the condom on. Oh. Oh, so we so, don't take modern medicine until, until we need it. We have to take it. Right. Fuck you. You fucking hypocrite. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm so sick and tired of everybody pushing their fucking agenda. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm an intelligent human being who researches things. Like there's certain medicines – like Steve knows I don't take narcotics. I better be fucking about to die before you give me a narcotic painkiller because only there's the an issue. Only the herbal kind. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I'll take like I, the high ibuprofen or whatever. Right. But there really is no reason. They're overprescribing it. Yeah. It's too easy to become addicted to it. My fucking seven-year-old son, he's not seven anymore, but he got a really bad cold and he had a cough. The doctor immediately wanted to give him cough medicine with codeine. Seven. I was like, hold the fuck on. Like, you're not my doctor anymore. You know, that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, so yes, there, there is, we need to, but here's the thing. The same solution stands. Educate yourself on the real shit. Right. Not on the hype. And make fucking logical choices. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's so fucking difficult. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just everything. Well, with the, and here's the thing. is is like, you know, people can say, well, since we have the internet, you know, there's so many things that people have, you know, difficulties in trying to understand. It's like, you know, I can get, I get that to a point. There was one, per, there was one, I was reading some, I was watching something and uh, she, this woman was against vaccinations at first. She said, yeah, she goes, I, I believe it. She goes, but then I started researching it and I started looking at all the documentation. They show all this documentation. She goes, and at some point 
you know, you've got to say, okay, enough's enough. And she goes, and I read so much more information that said that had no link between vaccinations and autism, even though in the original study, that is the reason for this was already deemed bogus science. But everybody caught on to it. It's like uh, John Oliver did a thing about uh, public shaming and how sometimes it's good when you jump on and, you know, you have a public official that's saying something stupid and everybody, you know, brings attention to this person's thing. He goes, that's fine. He goes, but when it's people in general, not necessarily a good thing. Like there was a, um, like people, like there was a thing where people were publicly shaming this woman who was an aunt and sued her nephew for breaking her wrist. So, of course, everybody went and called her the worst aunt ever and all this shit. Um, but what didn't, what didn't make it out into the news at that point was that, yeah, he had jumped on her and, and um, too hard and, and broke her wrist. When she tried to get it taken care of, um, uh, the, I think it wasn't going to be covered unless it was brought up in a lawsuit. And so she, or she was trying, there was something in there where it was a legality where she was going to try to sue, but they said that they needed somebody to sue because you can't just sue nothing. You have to sue right. something. And she had spoken. You can't with just the, be like, give me money. Right. I think it was something in the homeowners association that wasn't going to cover something. And she had to sue somebody. So with the permission of the family, they said, okay, they named the nephew in the lawsuit just for that. Right. And nobody talked about that. Nobody mentioned that. And they just kept on the whole thing that she wasn't actually suing him. It was just for this so she could get a payout from the insurance because of the lawsuit or whatever. And that was and and it was like, but nobody listened to that. And and a lot of that's the fault of the media. There was yeah. one today of uh, uh, a thing a video that came out and it was this woman at a grocery store yelling at this person with the camera and I'm assuming they were African American because there was you couldn't see anything but she just kept calling them an effing n-word repeatedly in front of her two kids and her kids are like probably about like six and seven or five and seven and shouting this at them now on a personal level I don't give a shit what they did to you to use that kind of language in front of your kids in the middle of no there's no excuse for that no, no, not at all. There's been times when someone's acting the fool and I'm with my kids and I want to be like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? But I don't because we're trying to educate our children <laughs> on how to behave. Right. And when they're not with me, though, don't fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and so what ended up happening was that the video went viral, of course. And we, you come to find out that the lady was that was using that expletive works at a school district. And the, I, yeah, and the school district shit candor because they said Good. basically they were saying it don't matter what happened. Anybody that uses that kind of language does is not fit to work, you know, for for Absolutely. us. And people like myself are saying, how did it start, though? Like, I'm curious as to whether not to say that, oh, depending on how it started, you know, she should you know, she should be vindicated in some way. I'm not saying that at all because when, but she didn't just walk into a spot. Right. And start dropping end bombs. Like there, <laughs> there obviously there, was something. There's something, but how she handled it, obviously 
you know, right. it was like, no, that this should not go that way. And for me on a personal level, it's like, I've never gotten that angry where I use a racial epithet to, 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 to go to that. I'd just be like, oh, oh yeah, motherfucker. And then it's a swing, you know, <laughs> that, that's usually, you know, where it goes, but it's like, you know, uh, I, I, I've never gotten to that point. So that person obviously has issues, but it's like, I'm curious to know how that happened. But of course, most people aren't because they're, oh, well, that person's a piece of shit. You know, but it's like I want to know a little more about it as opposed to just seeing that that soundbite or seeing that little bit. Um, but it's like, but that's me. I'm a I'm a curious person. Not to say that I oh well you know oh well she came up and slugged her in the head with a bat. It's like going well then instead of calling her something I call her a bitch because she bitched out instead of actually going up and you know you know handling business. But you know but you know it's like going, when you start calling somebody names it's like what are we doing here. What, right, you know, but that's just me. It's like I like to know a reason. I like to know the reasoning behind it. Is why I watch a lot of true crime stuff, because you know my brother always gets on me with that stuff because he's like, he goes, "Oh, you're sick mind, you're sick individual." So like, I go, "Look, I'm." I go, "Look, if I was planning something, I've seen enough of these to know what not to do," <laughs> you know. But <laughs> the, but the real fact of the matter is, is I'm curious as to what makes people make that switch. You know what flips that switch to like okay, suddenly I'm going to kill people. You know, it, it's yeah. like uh, John Mulaney on SNL when he did his opening monologue where he was talking about taxi cabs have a sign on the back of them that say, you know, murdering a taxi driver is a class A felony or can get you 30 years in prison. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I won't do that then. You know, because it's like, it's, it's like, what... Why? What, what? What would make somebody like you know a rational person to go? I don't like this guy. I'm going to murder him. It's like there's got to be something wrong with them to begin with. And I think at some point we need to stop looking for external sources. And you know, oh well, I believe these people, or I believe this, simply because I was a rational-minded human being. You know, but you started showing me quasi incomplete science that looks authentic enough it was like it could pass it could yeah. it, like you you could think about it but then you go oh wait no i have science on my side i i you know this is what i've learned like when you and i first listened to alex jones for for our episode way back in the day where we we listened to him and he kind of sounds convincing in the beginning like you're thinking okay maybe and then he makes that leap yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm but, not prepared to go that far with you, buddy. <laughs> exactly, and it's that point where it's that leap that tells you whether you're with them or not, and that's where we go, oh, okay, no, that's not happening. But there are a lot of people like, oh, wait, I can see that. And it, it's like we have to be responsible for our choices to believe these things instead of saying, well, if guns weren't around, I wouldn't shoot people. It's like, no, if you, if you had a little more control of your emotions you know, or maybe not own a gun because you know that you could probably pop off and shoot someone. Maybe we shouldn't have them. You know, maybe you shouldn't have it. And God forbid you tell anyone nowadays to control their emotions. Oh yeah. God, I was, I, we actually had a conversation at work. <laughs> Dude, I was like, all you got to do is just like control your fucking emotions. And they're like, you can't just do that. And I go, <laughs> uh, I do it every day. Yeah. Why do you think you're still alive? <laughs> right. So I don't understand. You know, it's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, to borrow a line with everything that's happening as of recently 
and including, you know, the, the shooting in, in, you know, New Zealand, which, you know, I, I don't think has to be expressed, but, you know, it's just, it was just horrible. And I'm sorry, but if you think you're that much of a badass, go into a military base with a bunch of guys, you know, with machine guns, see how better, yeah. you, see how, how you handle up that way, you know? And, yeah, don't don't go into a place of worship where people are supposedly feeling safe, right? You know, and and pop off. If you definitely want to make a statement, you walk right into that military base. You see, you see, you last about three fucking seconds. Some trained motherfuckers hit you with a bullet in the head. They won't be spraying everywhere. It'll be you know, pop 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 dead. <laughs> and and one was the shot that took you down. The second was the kill shot to make sure you ain't getting back up again. Let's also um. Let's also give some credit to New Zealand as well, where um, they this happened, and then ten days later, their government is talking about gun control. Like yeah. they they were like, okay, let's see what's going on. Um, their neighbor Australia did the same thing. They had this mass shooting a long time ago, and then they talked about gun control. Now you can't own a fucking gun in yeah. Australia. So they went to New like Zealand. They're they like, it's done and done. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, yeah, guns for hunting. You know, I get it. But you do not need a fucking machine gun. Yeah. No one does. They, those are for killing human beings. Yeah. That's the only thing it's for. You don't even need it for home defense. No. Shotgun is the best weapon for home defense, by the way. What was, what was it? Um, I saw – well, you know, another reason why they got to pass that stuff because the NRA is not there. Exactly. The NRA is not there with its fucking money mm-hmm. getting in the way. Yeah, and one thing that I saw on Twitter – NRA TV was tweeting, had tweeted out that, oh, well, you know, this could have stopped if the people in the mosque were armed. And I, and I replied, really? Armed Muslims in a mosque? Yeah, that's going to go over really well. Yeah. No, it's like fighting fire with fire. Yeah. Like, yeah, there might be situations where it would work. But in the, in the long run, it's not going to work. Like, you can't just, first of all, I don't think Muslims want guns in the church. <laughs> right. Or you temple, sh- excuse me. Yeah. Or mosque. No, it's a mosque, yeah. Uh, but um, no, you should. You sh- that should be one place where you shouldn't have them. You know, but I mean, look at the synagogue shooting we had in, you know, in uh, Pennsylvania last year. You know, the, the church in Texas that got shot up because somebody decided to go in there. It's like, this is ridiculous. So, uh, but anyway... So, finally tonight, authorities say a Slovenian woman who deliberately cut off her hand with a circular saw to collect insurance money faces up to eight years in jail, according to the AP. Police say a 21-year-old woman helped her relatives, uh, helped by her relatives, had hoped to claim nearly 400,000 euros in insurance payments. The unidentified woman claimed that she had been cutting tree branches with a circular saw? Uh, when she severed her left hand just above the wrist. Officials say family members uh, left the severed hand behind rather than bring it to the hospital to ensure the disability was permanent. But doctors recovered it in time and sewed it back on. Police say the incident happened earlier this year after the family had signed insurance contracts with five different insurance companies. uh, Police say, quote, there was no payment because we discovered the fraud in time, end quote. Man, the struggle in, is real in Slovenia. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, you know, it's like, 
And who's cutting tree branches with a circular saw? Fucking broke bitches that can't afford a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> it, I feel like Slovenia is one of those places where they just use what they have. You know, like whatever. My brother raised his hand and goes, me. <laughs> he, nice. would, he would use a circular saw. I would, I'm not surprised. Yeah, in, I know. No, I, at some point, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets the fucking tree down, you know <laughs> right, what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the struggle's definitely real in Slovenia. <laughs> Five, 400,000 euros. I'm like, what the hell was that hand doing? <laughs> Ugh. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, that is our episode for this week. Thanks for joining us. If you want to help us out, there are two ways you can. One, you can leave us a review he- wherever you get the show. Recommend the show to your friends. Or two... If you really want to help us out, you can donate. Head over to thelazygeeks.com and click the donate button. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks. Twitter and Instagram are both at thelazygeeks, all one word. Uh, send us feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes or your favorite conspiracy theories or, you know, crazy things Slovenians do. <laughs> Uh, at the geeks at the lazy geeks.com. <laughs> yeah, day in the life of a Slovenian. <laughs> right. All right. If you want more content from us, just head over to the blog, the lazy geeks.com. So thanks for checking us out. So until next time, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all. Mm-hmm.